everybody. Welcome to the Livestream Podcast. I am Ryu Shikaze. I am joined tonight by Carly, Lith, and Tenny, also known as Carla, uh, Kayla, and Amanda, who doesn't fit the trend, but we will not hold that against her. <laughs> Anyways. Also known as Ryu's Angels. <laughs> at, least, at least my name ends with an uh. That is true. This is like our third version of this podcast. Oh. <laughs> yes, we've attempted to we record several times before. Now, are you guys ready to talk about Nier Automata? Yes, actually, yeah. because I've talked about Pixie so many <laughs> times that I yeah. won't talk about anything else on this point. Yeah, no, we're actually here to record for Final Fantasy XV, but Nier Automata's good. Go play it. Taro Yoko <laughs> deserves your love. Or Persona 5. This is, second time. this is the second time we've attempted to create a podcast about 15, because yes. just like the actual game, we ran into some issues that delayed us. Yes, oh, literally geez. our recording <laughs> was lost at the last minute. Uh, yep. Our old recording software died on us, and we lost everything. So like versus. Yeah. Oh god. But no, we are here to talk about Final Fantasy. We are here to talk about Final Fantasy fifteen. Its music, its visuals, its plot, um, how hot the men are. I mean, unfortunately, Jason Tandro could not be here to share with us the Fujoshi viewpoint, uh, but we will fill in. <laughs> so, uh, we may or may not get to talking about episode Gladio. That will be at the end if we do. Lift can handle that. Yeah. <laughs> Lith and I, I believe, are the only two who have played it, so I, we might yeah, have I that have as a not. separate thing. Ugh, spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so... Problem? so... Let us start. Overall impressions. Um, It was a nice game that if I could go back, I wouldn't necessarily spend $60 on it. It was better than I thought it would be, considering all the issues, the very long time that the, the game took to come out, changing directors and all that stuff. But it's not a game that, for me personally, has any replay value. Like I beat it, I was done. I didn't feel anything to like. I'm, oh, I definitely want to play this again. Oh, I need to do the DLCs. Even though they really wanted you to play those DLCs the way that like you are not in the game, but I was like, oh, I need to be right back for some reason. Oh, I came back. Yeah, that, I'm not interested. I like the game. Um, the main plot was really short. I yes, think it was. Kind of weak. I think that. We needed more Luna. I don't care that she was in Kingsglaive. She still came off. She still needed more time in 15 itself. Um, I think that what I enjoyed about this game was fucking around with the Chogabros. <laughs> Doing <laughs> all like, the side quests. Um, getting the funny costumes. The banter. Like, yeah, their, their banter. I like the four of them together. I don't really care about the rest of it. I, I, I don't really care about Luna, and I don't really like care about her and Noctis's relationship. It really um, should have just been the four bros on a road trip, you know, as the world's longest bachelor party, forever. Because yeah. yeah, that's what I love about it. I love them, and just playing as them. I don't give a shit about the rest of it. I mean, it's kind of cool. 
But uh, the parts about the parts about the main plot that I like is the parts that focus on the bros and stuff that happens to them, not the stuff with anything else. I mean, some of it's cool, but the main thing is I like the bros, and that's it. <laughs> and the regalia, regalia is the oh. best character in the game. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. But still. even the the flying version is though it is less um. Flying sucks. The flying, no, 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 I like the design of it, but the the actual flying itself is just so bizarrely oh, God. limited. God, God, and thank I you so much for leaving that for like after you finish the game. That's so useful. Yeah. yeah, I think we spent like ten minutes talking about how much we hated flying the damn regalia when we tried recording this last. At least and try, ten try, minutes. Trying to get to the Pityos dungeon, I hated it so much. Do you have Probably to try to get there? You have, you have to, to yes. fly to get there, and there is, there is, when you go to, ra fly to Ravito, there is a little yellow strip on the map. That's your landing strip. And not on sucks, the mini-map. It, yes, it's not on Only the mini-map. Only on the map-map. So, oh. what sucks is you're trying to fly the car, and I have to keep looking, like, getting out of the screen to look at my main map in order to figure out where I am. Now, to be fair, the first time I tried to do this, it was nighttime in the game world. So, of course, I couldn't see where the fuck, you know, this mm -hmm. this this pat, this landing strip one was that was, like, a couple shades lighter than the normal ground around it. But <laughs> still, even in the daytime, trying to land it is just in, like... You've got to angle the car down. You've got to start doing your descent, and it's like if you, yeah, you if you, you raise to... a rock and you're dead. Yeah, except the... the reactions are kind of funny. Yeah, um, the very first time I tried to fly, I crashed so bad. And I'm all like, nope, I'm done. <laughs> what gets me is that they should not have had um, the car have HP in standard, even especially not in flying. Because that's just irritating. What they yeah. should have done, if they really wanted you to worry about what the condition the car was in, have the car's performance, like, be tied to how much health it had. Like, you could crash the car and, you know, be stuck somewhere. You know, and, and have, have to Cindy push it. come and tow you or something. Yeah. There you go. Like, I, I don't really under, like, understand what the development team were thinking exactly going with flying because they showed the car flying in the Uncovered event and right that excited a lot of people, especially us like it looked really awesome yeah oh yeah, because it looked I like oh we so I, the the they're video. not going to do what you usually do in a Final Fantasy game, but at least all oh, the car flies and you can move around but of course we found out during the game that you actually can't do that until after you finish the storyline. And that that doesn't... If you're promoting like the fact that you can fly, that's not a good look. And then there's the fact that, oh, this, the, the actual way you can fly is not very good, landing is terrible, like he said, the HP thing. And oh, that, that really awesome dungeon that we had, you can only get there by flying. And and you're probably going to crash a lot of times because you can actually reach the dungeon. Yeah, it's literally yeah. the only area in the game that you access by airship, that you can access by airship. Like, there's no other hidden areas to access with the dang car. And another problem that I started having was 
I'd be driving the regalia or it would be on like auto or something and I'd accidentally press the circle button and the car would take off and I'm like god <laughs> damn it man yeah <laughs> and yeah, so Cindy- after that after that I'm just like I took my car back to Cindy and had her give, her my, <laughs> give me my old car back which I kind of <laughs> liked better because you can't I, I liked my whole decal setup I had going on with the regalia except I had to use, except I had to start filling the car back up with gas now there is something you can buy to make it not require gas over in the arena, but yeah, no, they should have just meant once you got the regalia F, no gas period. Yeah, but uh, um, I just say the I only died twice in this entire game. They were both for the regalia. The first time was no, the first time was on the train. You're trying to um. You're being attacked by the Imperials, and I got onto an Imperial ship and was shooting down the other ships, and then the game kind of glitched out, and Noctis got stuck in the gun, and they couldn't get him out, and the ship crashed. Classic Noctis. Oh, yeah, I think that happened to me. (laughs) Second time was in the Regalia, and I was trying to fly, and they crashed. The only non-Regalia times that I've had to, I don't think I've actually ever died in the game. I have had to restart a couple times when the game itself glitched out. Like getting stuck in a Phoenix Down animation forever. Thanks Prompto. I never had that happen to me. It was just I couldn't get knocked this out of the gun to get out of the ship and then I watched the animation as the ship crashed and it's like game over. All right. <laughs> But no, the, 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 the biggest one for me was when I was headed to the final boss and I had just started into um into the the Insomnia dungeon and um I had just defeated something in that first area and I fell through the ground. Forever. <laughs> forever. <laughs> I love shit like that though. That makes the game complete. Oh, if if I had been able to like write it into a like a, a a loading zone and get out, I wouldn't have been too worried. But like I actually scrolled all the way over to where the the boss indicator was, and nothing. I actually had to restart that one. See, I don't oh, think wow. I had many problems with glitches in the game. Besides, I was like traversing over some like. Oh, I don't remember where it was, but it's like some rock plateau type thing. And I rotated the camera around and Noctis and Gladio are like submerged and up to their waist in rock. I think I took a screenshot of it, but I, I don't know if you'd really count that as a glitch or not. But uh, that's a I don't think the glitch. game ever I don't think I don't think the gl- the game ever really glitched out for me. Same here. Like other than like one time where I couldn't where I got stuck on the ship, I didn't have any hilarious glitches like I've been seeing on YouTube and I'm kind of feeling bad about it. Or, you know but what? I want to see something hilarious. Um, the fact that it's been five months, I don't remember anything that was actually serious. I actually don't remember if I got any glitch whatsoever. But the fact that I, I can say, after finishing Andromeda, there was so many, so many glitches and bugs that were awful and some hilarious. It actually was the 15... Relatively speaking, was well made in that regard. It wasn't anything super serious that was gonna give you like, like serious damage, seriously damage your game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think other glitched areas were 
I, I think some of the biggest, I, I guess, what you'd call glitches involved, you know, some of the areas that I guess were going to be explorable, but then they made them, you know, off limits. And, and people somehow got there. Anyway. You know, people people were able to get into them anyway, I guess, yeah. without downloading the day one patch or something. I so don't if you know. don't download the day one patch, you can get to those places? Um, yeah, like, I know, uh, Angel Guard, where Noctis woke up at the end of the game, the stone prison, um, I know if you don't, if you, if you just play the game without any patches, you can actually swim to the island on a chocobo. It will take you about an hour to get there, I think, but, uh, the area is explorable, and it's actually, I mean, it has to do with Bahamut and everything, but, uh. I mean, I don't know why they wouldn't have, in the game, they wouldn't have let you run around the island to begin with, even if there wasn't anything to pick up, but... I have no idea. Whatever. I mean, look up the videos on YouTube if you really, really want to. But, uh, okay. let's, let's get back on track here. Uh, my overall thoughts on the game, uh, I love it. Um, I don't regret buying it my Ultimate Collector's Edition, or my, my Luda console PS4, um, I acknowledge that the game has issues. Like, I, I love it to death, but I, I it does have issues with the storyline and, you know, some of the characters and everything. But like Teddy said earlier, easily one of the best parts of the game is just the relationship between the four main characters, mm -hmm. Noctis, Ignis, Prompto, and Gladio, who doesn't get enough love and kind of got the shaft on his DLC, but more on that later. Um, I have, I mean, for me, the game has a high replay value. Um, I've done a lot of the timed quests. I've, you know, after I finished the game, I kind of, I stopped playing it for like a month to start Dragon Age Origins, which I still have not finished, pros. but I'm almost done with it. <laughs> um, but I went, but... <laughs> Minus <laughs> Carly But, uh, no, when that uh, <laughs> thanks. You haven't played near Automata yet, minus 20. Oh, God. <laughs> really? But, uh, no, I think we can, uh, if you haven't heard of it, we might be able to put a link in it uh, when we upload the video, but uh, there was a really cool theory that came out about Pityos Dungeon uh, a couple months ago, and uh, after about a month of not playing 15, I read that theory, and I'm like, okay, I need to go and get my flying car and uh, visit this dungeon, and I, I fucking hated it, and I will never re replay that dungeon again. I've but, heard that uh, it's a bitch. Oh, God, I hated it. I, I was almost done with the dungeon before I said, screw it, and uh, I found some, I don't know if you'd call them cheat glitches, but I ha I found an easy way to easier way to get through the dungeon because I got all the way up to that 2D room and I no, I just couldn't do it. I had already spent almost 11 hours in that dungeon up until that point and I said this is freaking ridiculous. But uh... Wow, it's that big? Um, it's not necessarily that it's that big, it's just your... It does have a hell of a... It's a platforming challenge dungeon and platforming is not so much the name of the game. Your ability to get 15. through the dungeon is is based solely on your ability to control Noctis and to be able to jump through these obstacles and press the right button at the right time. And, yeah. you know, your ability or to jump Or hit the right loading things. zone. Exactly. But, um, I mean, it's a good, it's a nice dungeon. I mean, I took a lot of pictures in it. 
but uh, I, I will not replay that dungeon again. I got yeah. The, if you do, do I got the, two the accessory minute, two minute version. Yeah, I got the accessories from it: the Genji gloves and the black hood, which are the only accessories in that dungeon that are worth giving a crap about. Everything else you can yep. get, you can either buy in the game or you can, you know, you'll you'll get from playing missions or wandering the world map and stuff. So I, I walked and away. And there's a I, quick way all the way down and a quick way back up once you get there that people yeah. have found. I think I walked away with like 20 diamond bracelets. not worth going through the hole of Pityos. I say that yeah. having gone through the hole of Pityos. Ah, uh, Pityos. <laughs> that was I a have poor joke. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> now you have minus 50. Minus 10 more points. <laughs> Oh, thanks. Yeah. Well, JT's not here to um, make the puns. Do you so guys remember a few months before the yeah. game came out? Did the, the, it came out that they did a poll in Japan uh, about the game uh, about which game uh, Japanese people would play uh, Final Fantasy Fifteen or Persona Five, and it was believed that that was one of the reasons why they moved like the release date away from Persona Five. That pe- more people wanted to play Persona Five. Yeah, in Japan, yeah. Like, Persona is not a hugely popular series over here, but it's huge And it's Japan. getting more popular over here, too. I'm playing Persona 5. Yeah. Uh, the, especially because the release for Persona 5 was really good. Playing Persona 5 right now, they did the right thing by, by separating the release date because it's just, they're, they're not close to Persona 5. Persona 5's a better game, you say? By a lot. <laughs> Blast for me, Carly. <laughs> it's a really quality game. I don't want to. It's not in the same genre, even though they're technically both RPGs. Because Fifteen is trying to be the is, character it's action like doing, RPG, uh, Jap- like Japanese version of Western RPGs. I think that's what Fifteen was trying to do. In a way, yes, it's absolutely trying to be Skyrim-esque, but it's also trying to be a little bit of. Um, uh, the sort of game that um, Nier and the original Nier and a couple others are, which is a bit more... Because the, most of the Western-style RPGs like Skyrim are very much in the um, sort of more FPS vein, if you will. Like um, Mass Effect, even Skyrim is very much... Uh, geared towards first person and fallout absolutely is whereas this is trying i mean this is only third person over the shoulder with um a much more action and agility oriented play style um but other than that yes no they are absolutely trying to appeal to the scrim market and that is the best part of the game to the point where i would say that it is basically the plot where 15 falls apart the side quests are all solid. The character interactions are great, but it's not even necessarily the plot itself is is bad. They just do a very bad job of giving you got, the plot. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's got a poor execution in some parts. I'll give it that. Uh, to to put it a, a, a similar way, um, and this is going to be a controversial statement: Final Fantasy Thirteen had a good story told by a terrible storyteller. I agree. By, yeah. contra- by I contrast, I the same way. Uh, thirteen two and especially Lightning Returns had much worse stories, but the storytelling was better. 
I mean, I like, think 15 yeah. had a great story. To be honest, there's not been a Final Fantasy game that I've ever played that I thought had a truly bad story. It's just the way some things were executed. And I think, yeah. I think I may have mentioned this in the last, you know, when we tried to last record, but like 10-2, for example, it has a lot of plot points in that game that make for a really good sequel material, especially, you know, about the state that Spira is in after the events of 10, but it's just hidden and buried underneath the flimsy J-pop facade that, you know, that is basically the face of the game. So, I mean, it has a lot of, um, it has a lot of good story points. It's just, Lith, are you saying that What Can I Do For You is not the height of pop culture sensibilities for all time? Are you trying to tell me that the song that they have Unising at the beginning of the game is actually kind of shit? Because you're kind of right. Can, what can I do for you? <laughs> it's, I'm kidding. It's kind of a catchy no. song. And a thousand no, it's, it's a very catchy song. song. It's just, um, like, it's they, they absolutely hyped up the game in a very particular way to get people's attention and then all the best parts of that are sort of yeah ignore that and actually look into what's going been going on in the last two years exactly i do yeah i i agree i will say you know with 15 while it has i mean the side some of the a lot of the side quests are good but they just get it, they get so boring and repetitive after a while, like with the hunts, for example. In 12, I can take on as many hunts as I want. Whether or not I'll be able to complete them is a different story, but with 15, you can only do one hunt at a time, and I that hated did that. Me. Because, you know, I'm just like, great, let me go kill this hunt, uh, let's go back to the diner, collect my reward. It's just kind of like... I mean, I understand it's a different take on it, you know, that you're going through, like, the diner and the food vendors and stuff that are, you know, I guess in charge of this crap. But, you know, like, in 12, you went and found different people that would give you the hunt and tell you where the mark was. And, you know, like I said, you could take on as many hunts as you wanted. But 15 just doesn't do that. You know, you don't find... It's basically, you know, here's a monster. It's causing trouble. Go kill it. Uh, come back and get your reward. I absolutely would have liked to have been able to take on multiple hunts at a time. I can understand them all being in the same area, mostly because a lot of other games do use a bounty board system for that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but I would have liked to have been able to take on multiple hunts at the same time. And um, I think we... Sorry. Because one of the things that I do in a lot of open world games is that I will just start loading up my quest docket... And exactly. I will figure out where they all want me to go, and I will just start making big round trips across the map to f to fulfill them, turn them in, grab another one. You know, I'm basically doing the long haul trucking of adventuring. Yeah, <laughs> which is that's that's what I'm usually fond of, but fifteen kind of takes that away from you and some it, it only in like the hunt aspect i mean you can still take on a bunch of side quests but as far as the hunts yeah. go you can only do one at a time even if it's in like a completely even if it's in a completely different area you know your current hunt will be aborted if you decide to take one a different one halfway across the continent which yeah, doesn't no, make I, any freaking sense <laughs> 
even if you're in a section of the world that nobody else, uh, none of the other hunts can go to, like if you've got one going on in the main map and do one in the, um, the Listalum map, um, you'll give up the one that you were, but no, you'll give up the one that's on the, the Lucis map. Exactly. Well, Listalum is in Lucis. Which is... I mean, not, um... Not Listalum. <laughs> I get what you're saying. Uh, I'm just giving you Yeah, shit. no. No, no, no. Altitia. Uh, Altitia. Altitia. Uh, for some reason, I keep getting those two names, and those two names specifically confused. I don't know why. <laughs> it happens. Come on, Ryu. Get it together. I, I guess I'll just say uh, Zappy City and Weddy City. Zappy City and Weddy City. I like it. Yes. I dig it. Okay, moving on. Uh, battle system and magic system. I didn't even bring up magic system the last time we recorded, so I guess it's kind of a good thing that we're doing this a second time. But <laughs> On the other hand... That means we do have to talk about just how bleh the magic system is. Yes. But regardless, I, I mean, even if it was bleh, I think it, we should still touch upon it. Oh no, absolutely. Well, I think when you get the, the accessories that shield your people from being hurt by your spells, then it's actually kind of fun. Oh no, no, uh... it's great. They should have just had that be the standard. Yeah, I suppose. But it it actually is kind of hilarious when your people are getting zapped. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't bother with covering that from Friendly Fire just because I think it's hilarious to watch Gladio do the funky chicken or, you know, prompt it, <laughs> hearing Prompto be electrocuted. That's just some excellent voice recording done by Robbie Damon. <laughs> um, at least for me, uh, the past system, I realized very quickly quickly in the tutorial that I was going to I wasn't gonna like it. So I, I had the game in normal, it's like I'm gonna go down to easy because I'm gonna have a really frustrating experience with the game with this game if I don't. I just like they they tell you what oh you do this and this and this and it's like now I'm just gonna push the button until something happens. And then when you're fighting in the woods or outside and the trees cover everything that's happening, you can't see what's going on. You just like like randomly hitting stuff until something happens because I don't know what the hell is happening because I can't see anything. Yeah, the battlefield did kind of feel chaotic at times, you know, and it like, you know, if you're, if you're, you know, if you've got like, shit, I, I can't talk. Uh, I, I think the biggest problem with the battle system was the camera. Oh God, that was even worse. And the warp points around you. Yeah. If they'd had a better camera, specifically a camera that learned how to transparency stuff that was between you and Noctis, the game would have been a whole hell of a lot, you know, easier to yeah. handle, even in the big crowds. Um, also, if Noctis did not try and auto-lock on whatever was nearest to you, and you could actually control him a little bit better. Yeah, I... I... I, I hate that sometimes, especially when yeah. I'm on a field of like, like in, like in some of the timed quests that they've been coming out with recently. You know, I'll try and 
you know, I'm really trying to take down the ginormous snake that's health, you know, where I, I've got its health almost depleted, but Noctis wants to lock on to the snake that is at full health. And I'm like, no, I want to take down the one that's almost dead. Yeah, no, I mean, at least you can very easily sort of reset what you're targeting on. But, and and granted, this is, you know, I'm comparing something that is, uh, you know, a Square Enix developed in-house to a game that Square Enix published but was made by Platinum. Uh, for example, Nier Automata, even though you're locked <laughs> onto one enemy, you can always attack that rat, rat bastard who's literally right next to you just by reorienting your character and having a couple slashes. And if you're not locked on, you just start slashing in the direction that you're facing. One thing um, that... Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no, no. It's just... I, I, I just sort of... And, and the like, they do improve on that a little in Episode Gladio. I just wish that the whole, you know, fighting experience was a little more in your control. That's true. Because it's not like you can't do that. Yeah. Square has... I'm a number of games, Square Enix, um, or uh, Kingdom Hearts, Nier, um, you know, and and a few that are literally um, just Square Enix games, not uh, games that they've just produced but came from other people that, and it, like the Bouncer, even, way back then, that could absolutely handle this sort of thing with no issue. And if I'm saying the Bouncer could handle it, you know that it they could have done this now. Anyways, go ahead. Uh, crap, what was I going to say? Um, I was kind of iffy about the combat system at first, just seeing it in all the trailers and just even watching it develop, you know, going from versus to 15 throughout the years, just the way it was so fast paced and I'm kind of boring and I'm not, I'm not really good at action games. So I was kind of worried I wouldn't grasp the combat as easily as some other people might, but, um. No, I, I got the hang of it pretty fast. Um, I tried the wait mode uh, just to see what that was like, and that was way too slow for my taste, so I just I didn't even bother using the wait mode throughout the whole game. I just used regular combat. A good thing uh, I, I remember JT brought up the last uh, recording that got deleted was that you have to rotate the camera around in order to see your warp points. It would have been nice to be able to just press triangle and be able to warp to that point without yes. having to rotate the camera around and find yeah, it. Yeah, no. Generally, my, my basic thought is, no matter what, if you hold down triangle, you will warp to the nearest point that is in... Um, That's in your vicinity, that you're able to In your to vicinity, to, unless there is one that you can see that is a little farther away. But if you oh, can't yeah. see any of them, and you're just but there is one, and you're holding triangle, you just warp to it automatically, because it's not like you've forgotten that it's there. So you know, Noctis shouldn't either. Mm -hmm. uh, but I mean, other than that, uh, I mean, the game for me was—I uh, don't know about you guys, but I mean, it was easy at times it was challenging at some at times um i mean i have fun with the combat but you know on my you know on the playthrough that i went back and started playing and was trying to you know get all the hunts done and stuff before i did a new game plus like 
basically I just warp strike everything to kill it. So oh yeah, it's oh, just you yeah. know it's it's easy to take advantage of you know when you're so overpowered. I I just I don't bother with hack and slash anymore. I'm like just warp strike, warp strike, warp strike, warp strike. Yeah. <laughs> Especially in that at did any of you uh I don't know if Tenny did, but did any have did you kill the Adamantois, Ryu? Yes. I have not. I did I did the quest where That you was wake a pain in up. the ass. Because the thing is so huge and I'm like trying to warp strike to the head constantly and I just oh. It was, I mean, for me, it was just yeah. more of a time-consuming hunt than anything, but uh, it was made easier by the fact that I actually didn't attempt that hunt until that that uh, booster pack with the Ragnarok sword came out, nice. which, uh, which overpowers, it gives you a warp strike from hell, like, you, you've got, like, this, it's <laughs> like a red sword, it gives you this red aura when you warp strike, and it's basically, like, Nine 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 nine. Every time you warp strike and hit somebody, it's it's it's, nice. it's amazing. Oh, that's nice. I I love that sword, and that's pretty much what I use. I don't bother with the armature weapons anymore. At least on this yeah. playthrough. Maybe when I go back, when I start my new game plus or whatever, eventually I will uh, use the regular weapons and stuff. Magic system. What do um, we think about that? Kind of boring and bland, right? It's very yeah. boring and bland. Uh, they could have done so much more with it. At the very, I... like at, at minimum, just have take off friendly fire. Make it a little easier to access. Like I, I agree with the. I like the crafting idea of it, but the actual execution is a bit, um, sort of lacking and. They they need to redo the control layout, but they kind of need to redo the the whole control layout anyways. I I didn't like it at first. I think the time first time where you actually ha you know where they tried to make you use it was where you fought that uh, behemoth dead eye. Uh, yeah, when you got that hunt at the chocobo post, I think. And uh, I didn't uh, I I just I hated the way it made you aim and stuff, and I just I didn't bother trying to blow up the barrels, even though. You know, that was like the best way to take its eight, its health down, and I just, I mean, you know, I did that hunt at night, which I'm going to say, don't do that hunt at night, because <laughs> I couldn't even I, see what I was doing. I don't remember what level I was when I fought him, but I do remember that I, I had to. I, I don't think I died. I think I just, actually, I think I died. I think that was probably the first time I died in the game. And I, I started that hunt over, and I was actually able to aim and hit some of the barrels to blow up by Deadeye and kill the thing. Yeah, but... I think if you waste the barrels, that is way, way too hard. But I think there's actually a script in there to, if he gets hit by the barrels, he basically automatically dies. Because oh. the damage values that he ta gets taken off of those do not add up. <laughs> I don't remember. It's been so long since I've done that fight. But, I mean, you know, it wasn't even until recently that I figured out how to make, like, the Fyraga, the Blizzaga, Thundaga spells and everything. Like, I didn't... 
I mean, I, I, I started using the magic and stuff, but I just, I didn't bother trying to figure out how to get everything to the highest level until recently when I was like, hey, let me, let me mix this with like some Phoenix Downs or something. So I'm mixing a fire spell with like a Phoenix Down and I get like a TriCast or something along those lines. And it's like, Fira, Fire, Fire, Fira, Fira, ooh, Fryraga. So if I put like 90 something Phoenix Downs on a Fira, it's going to bump it up to a Fyraga. So I'm like, oh, this is cool. Only downside to that is like, the whole area is on fire. Like, if you're not uh-huh. wearing the right accessories, you will burn yourself because there's no way to escape it. Like, it's <laughs> that spell sticks around for a while. And you've got I all your party members. Yeah, you've got all your party members doing the funky chicken <laughs> and trying to get away. <laughs> but. I mean, it's just, for me, the magic system was okay. It's just, it's kind of, I don't know. It's just, it's it's an okay magic system. I just, I, I wouldn't necessarily say it's like too boring. It's just not really noteworthy to me. It's not noteworthy. But I do like how some of the, the, the different items that you get um, can give you different effects. Like, you know, you've got fire that casts poison. I don't know how that works, but. I think I use the Expira cast a lot, which is like with the debased monies and stuff, where yeah. you can get experience for casting those spells, and I'm like, hell yeah! I use those all the time. And speaking of that, the it, it's very easy to level up your characters in this game. Very easy. Just hoard the experience, go to a hotel that bumps up, you know, your experience earned by like one and a half, two, three, and you'll go up like 10 levels. It's it's yeah. very it's yeah. very easy to take advantage of that system in this game, which is a good thing and a bad thing depending on, you know, how much of a challenge you want. Well, the only downside of that too is that if you stay in the hotels, especially if you go to Altisha where you can get the most points, if you go to was it the guy on the on the right side of the desk? Yeah, you got to stay in the royal suite. If staying the royal suite, you know, stuff like that is great, but then you don't get to level up Ignis's cooking. That is why the <laughs> Nixperience band was invented, because they realized that people wanted to do both. And I do think that the ability to choose whether or not to bank your XP would have also been a good thing to have added without the need for an accessory slot. Oh. Yeah. I I had the I, I got the experience banned from one of the one of the the patches or something with the season pass or something, and uh, I just I haven't bothered using it. I didn't think about to use it that way. So if you put it on Boo when you go to a campsite, your doesn't... exp doesn't your exp doesn't tally up. Yeah, you still okay, get so xp, you... but you don't bank it. In yeah, you can just. Okay. No, I thought that... no, I I thought you could bank it with the band. You just didn't level up. It didn't level up your characters. Uh, well, it just no, no, leveled no, no. up it... your skills. I don't know. I no, no. When you got it. the band on, when you go to a camp or any other place, it will not. It will skip the the counting your XP and leveling you up step. You will still okay. get your skills up. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. what I thought. Okay. So that's Speaking... so. If I put that on, then I can go to a campsite. 
do some cooking, and then I can yeah. go tell Tisha and, and stay in the room instead of keeping party. your instead of keeping your party up for seventeen okay. days. <laughs> seventeen days without sleeping. Wow, hardcore. <laughs> uh, yep. I've I've done I did something similar before I realized what the Nick experience ban well actually right before it came out I think. If you wait too long too, don't the guys like start commenting on it like oh, I'm so tired, I haven't slept in a while or something like that. Yep. Uh, They're kinda like telling you like go stay somewhere. Yeah. I thought that happened. Or if I inter maybe it's just something else and I interpreted it as being that and I was wrong, I don't know. I think they they just made they made those comments anyway. I don't know if it had anything to do with how many days you were banking your exp, but I can go back and yeah, you're probably test right. it out if I remember it. Now the only other thing that I can think of for the battle system that would be a criticism for me is that they put so much effort into making the world so detailed. Sometimes the details get in the way. Oh, like, you don't know how many times I'll be fighting enemies, and then, like, here come the Imperials, and here come more enemies, here come Imperials. I actually think it's fun when that happens, but when oh, you're, like, I stuck in the so bushes, much. when you're stuck in the bushes and you can't see what's happening, that's super annoying. It's like, okay, Square, I get it, you wanted this game to be pretty, we didn't need this many bushes, because now I don't know what the fuck is happening. Well, you know what those bushes do, right? <laughs> I can't Those tell bushes, you how near way. Yeah, they they literally exist. Most of them to act as first a soft and then a hard barrier to keep you from being able to wander freely willy nilly across the map. Yeah, I can't That's tell weird. you how many. I can't tell you how many times I was deep in the bush before Imperials above us. <laughs> or, no, like, there's there's one set of bushes that pisses me off so much. So you know the road that heads up uh, on the the west side of the map, um, and it really is. It's the stretch where it's uh, road on the west is nothing but straight mountain cliff heading all the way up to the northwest side of the map. On the right, there's uh, the little down area and the river. Yeah. Oh yes. If you is had... that where the little witch's hut was? It's near. Well, no, she's south of there. She that's oh, the um okay. that's where the, the, the forest dungeon is. The part yeah. I'm talking about is so there's the, the, the pit stop and then a little north of that pit stop there's a um rest area. There is if you head directly south from that rest area along the side of the river, eventually you run into right about when you're about to hit that the rest the, the, the pit stop where you know where you left your, your car, you will um hit an un an impassable wall of brush you can actually see you know the the, the little town and and the the gar- the uh, the the gas station but you can't get there because nope too much brush and of course you can't go in the water because what the hell I'm a prince I don't know how to swim that actually is another thing that does cheese me off you can't swim unless you're on a chocobo Oh, damn. Yeah. I need to go back and find this part then, because I don't really remember it. Okay, so you remember the dungeon where you get the the second royal arm, the sword that uh, Tomet, um leads you to? Tomet? 
the kid. Talkit. Talkit. Oh, the, 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 glac- the glacial grotto. Yeah, so if you go back to where you fought the... Um, so from the glacial grotto, if you stay in that area and you start walking north uh, without heading back up the trail, so if you stay by the river and walk north, you very quickly run into an impassable uh, you know, barrier of shrubbery. And I did not realize that that was an impassable barrier until I tried to get, uh, you know, go from the north side uh, of the river and come back down and got all the way there and then had to backtrack. That was irritating. I need to go and look up that thing, then. It's, it's, um, it, it's, uh, you know where the, I think the second leg of the fishing quest is? Uh, the Vesper Pool? Are you talking about the Vesper Gar? No, 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 not not the pool. Um, when he's trying to get you, uh, when he's standing in the river. Oh, yes, 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 I, I do remember where that is. Yeah, so if you head straight south from there, and then I that, after that I started noticing a lot more of them. Uh... And they're almost all on the west side of the map, like, the desert... And a little bit of the, um, basically, if you're in the easternmost or middle part, most of the places that look like you can walk to them, you can walk to them. But once you get past the scar, then, um, or the canyon, then you are basically SOL. And they Uh. basically, the, the map is very much constrained. And you start seeing the seams a lot worse. Alrighty. So let's just, uh, moving on. Let's talk about the music briefly before we dive balls deep into the story. Because I know we've all got a lot of opinions about you know, the story, the characters, and how everything was done. So, what did we think of the score by Yoko Shimomura? I, I I think this is the same thing that I said with Kingsley. It was a, it's, it's a really good soundtrack. There were parts in the game, then the same thing with the movie. The music wasn't used as well as it should have been. Yeah, and uh, I do think that a lot of the original soundtrack gets overshadowed by the fact that most of the music you're going to be hearing in the game comes from other games because most of the music is going to be heard in the travel in the car. In the regal. Yeah, in the regal. Yeah. yeah. Unless you just fast tracked everywhere. <laughs> yeah. I did do fast travel everywhere once I got enough money. And I, and I know that there's sub songs with the soundtrack that were, that were done by other composers, but everything that Shimamura does, did, does in general, is amazing she's a really really great composer she's one of my favorite composers everything Um, she touches and then of course there's florence and the machine oh yeah there's some good songs i love stand by me i love her version of stand by me yeah you got yeah you yeah you got stand by me both at the beginning and the end of the game uh I mean, all in all, I think the soundtrack, the actual, like, score is very epic. I mean, even some of the songs not done by Shimamura. Um, 
I mean, there there are a few tracks that I guess uh, you could consider generic video game type tracks. Um, I mean, there are some tracks that kind of seem out of place, uh, you know, like the ones that are big on the harmonica, like at the rest stops and stuff. I kind of get where people are coming from, but I mean, in no way does this set, does the, the soundtrack to this game suck. Because I've seen a lot of comments like that on social media, especially Facebook and Twitter. But, um, I mean, there's a lot of epic songs on this soundtrack. I mean, it's... I I, I love it. I actually listen to it damn near every day. Because <laughs> I'm a nerd. I don't, I don't mind the harmonica songs of the rest stops. I mean, it, I, I understand the kind of feel that they were going for. And the harmonica music fits what they were aiming for. Yeah. I think it fits best in the eastern section. And I would have liked, and this is not a, a complaint mine, this is a request. I would have liked to have heard non-harmonica tunes, or, or rather the same tunes in other instruments in um, other areas. Like in, uh, say, flute in the forest, and True. violin in the mountains and um oh heck i don't know banjo by the uh <laughs> by by the volcano like one of the biggest complaints with the score is just that they didn't use it in, in like the way that final fantasy games have traditionally used it like you know you have the same sort of three tracks when you're running around the open world whereas in previous games you have a different song for every area and, um, you know, where was I going with this? Um, they reused the same song several times rather than having yeah. a different one for each area. Yeah, I mean, they just, they, they use the soundtrack, you know, in an unconventional way. And I guess some people didn't like it, but I mean, whatever, get over it. <laughs> one thing I would have liked to have seen more of. In in unless uh, though this is not so much soundtrack, but um, speaking of stuff having a unique identity, is more even if they were abandoned, more signs of like large settlements. Oh, yeah, like large settlements is, in Lucis. Yeah, or in general, because the way that the game comes off, it feels like there are only three large cities and then um a tiny little burg in Listalum. But then you just got Insomnia, Altissia, and the Imperial Capital City. Even the other capital cities do not like they feel tiny because of how little stuff you actually see in them. Yeah. I mean the in Luce in the, the Luces continent, it's kinda you know because the majority of it, except Insomnia, has been under Imperial control. So I can, I kind of see what Square was trying to do and that, you know, they didn't put that many big cities under there. But I mean, I don't know. Like the Empire has occupied Lucis for a long time. But I mean, wouldn't there have been oh, bigger yeah. cities before they came along, you know? Oh, yeah. And, and the thing is, like, there should still be... Like, at least remnants of those cities before people, you know, just filed out and flocked elsewhere. And I understand that we're never going to get, like, an accurate representation of a world in a game. 
That's yeah. just not going to happen. Like even as big as the the world map of fifteen was, it's still technically only like a couple hundred square miles uh converted into real uh measurements. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, there were well, I don't there were uh like there are a couple of provinces in Lucis that you don't actually get to explore. One of them yeah. is Galad, which is where Nyx and Libertus are from in Kingsglaive. And then there's I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right, but Kevah the Kevah yeah, region, we, which is outside is... of Insomnia. You don't see those, and there may have been big cities in those, but I mean obviously we don't see them, so it's kind of boot point, but Yeah, no, the the thing is like we're obvious like we're, all we're seeing is the western side of what used to be the Grand Insom or the Grand, you know, country of Lucis. But yeah. um it it's it just feels like for as big and as prosperous as all of this world was supposed to have been, it seems... Basically, it seems like they were trying way too hard to evoke the sections of the... And specifically, I do think they were trying to evoke the United States. Um, but the sections of the United States where it goes so long without being able to see anybody, without realizing what that sort of implied for their world. Yeah, to be fair, like they, uh, I keep saying to be fair, but um, Square did state that the rest of Lucis is about 30 years behind Insomnia. That's why Insomnia looks like modern day Tokyo and the rest of it kind of looks like, you know, not necessarily backwater, but it's just, you know, sort of got this 50s retro style to it. Did anybody yeah, else though, catch the, 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 still... the... Keep going, sorry. Oh, those, if it was like 50 years, 30 to 50 years behind, it'd still be pretty freaking built up if it was, you know. Because, um, you know, the the big industrial boom in the, in a lot of the West was actually happening <laughs> at around that time. And I get that they're trying to say that, you know, it it's mostly farmland. But the weird part is, is the... There's just so much empty space in a lot of the places that would be the most likely to build up and have cities. Exactly. I did, uh, did anybody else catch the, uh, the Cuban influences in Lestalem? Yes. Because that's definitely what it reminded me of. Even just the, the music, it just reminded me of Cuba for some reason, even though I've never been to Cuba, but... I thought I there were that. there were men there were many uh areas in the map even just even with like the the enemies that were there that reminded me I'm like I wonder if they based you know this part of the map on like there was there's one area that kind of just reminded me of like you know an African safari and you've got the weird giraffe animals and you know weird looking you know you know little kind of hyena looking jackal things running around i'm like i wonder if this is meant to evoke thoughts of africa or something you know or i wonder you know if they base this part off of a rainforest or something like that so there's i mean there's a lot of different habitats in lucis that felt like they were based on okay okay uh, as regards to the to the cuba thing 
Um, if, if that's what they were going to, as someone that lives in the Caribbean, they did not do a good well, job I mean, at all. It's just, it evokes a representative. To that. me, it just it reminded me of it. I don't think they were just trying to. I, I could see you know, it as being them. like uh, Cuban immigrants to New York sort of feel. Might be what they were trying to go for. That, rather that than I can Cuba go more itself. with. Yeah. And then there's that that part where they the two gangs are you know singing at each other in the street and snapping their fingers. <laughs> that was a great side quest. <laughs> you had to be on the west side of Lestalem to get that one. And video games fall into this a lot of times. When you do a game with an open-ish world, um, the, the the problem is they end up doing a lot of there's a lot of space and not a lot interesting things going on in in it. Oh, same with the cities. Altitia looked beautiful in the trailers. There's nothing to do there. There's nothing to go there. There's just a lot of, it's a lot of empty it's streets. A, that there's nothing. You get bored very quickly. Yeah. Uh yeah. That, that, that's the other thing. It, not only is there no, nothing to do there, it's it's like insane to move around there. You get lost all the time. Uh, La Salle is the same thing. When you go there for the first time, that you're arriving on the car, it's like, oh, is this look. Wait, and it's like three hallways, and that's it. And that's no. It, even like the the huge thing about the solemn is like the power plant where all the women work there. That it's only women that work there, but you only go inside one time, and it's just like the stupidest quest. Like I, I think this is just they needed something to go in between doing the like the first um the Titan. And something in between that, and just like came up with a stupid quest that didn't go anywhere. The whole thing with Gladios. They needed a flashy way to get Gladio back in with the party. Yeah. And, and the thing is, they're trying to pretend like a mistake. Like, oh, who is the guy? That's obviously Gladius. Like, his voice, that's Gladius. What? You go into into the power plant, you find a few monsters, and you get out. And I thought, like, it, it looked really cool at first because I thought it was like doing a. Uh, an homage to Final Fantasy VII to the first manga reactor, but no, that's not where they were going with at all. It's just like a completely waste of time. It would have been great if they had a guard scorpion fight there, but no. So <laughs> what I think a lot of what happened in fifteen is so you know who the 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 director, you know, the the big guy in charge, Tabata? Do you know yeah. what his like unofficial Daddy. job title is in uh Square Enix? No. Uh, I'm at a loss. This here. game is shit and over budget. Get it ready to ship. He has worked on quite a number of games, most of which have been very, very troubled productions. Not because of him, but because he's the only reason we ever saw them see the light of day. Like, he's the guy who took third birthday um, and turned it into a functional, if shitty, game. So if a project wow, so they give all the their whole... shitty projects to Tabata and say, "Here, make something of it." Yes, what and the, so he's the man. reason why Fifteen is not still in development hell. Mm. So the fact that he was given that game does say a lot about the state it was in beforehand. Yeah, interesting. What you? What I think? I actually wrote this down in my podcast notes so I wouldn't forget it. Um. I mean, we we know the production period of this game was extremely rushed, and 
just overall, it kind of feels like the culmination of a production team that really couldn't find a lot of common ground with things. Um, we, we all know that Versus was never a fully realized game. I mean, a lot of no, people, a, a lot of people think that Versus would have been a much better game, but it's not, it's not as if they completed Versus 13 and said, you know what, let's just change this title to Final Fantasy 15 and completely rework everything from the ground up and, you know, basically screw the fans in the ear. That's not no, it was just happened. a lot of incompetence is the issue. And and that's where they lose all sympathy because they got into that mess all by themselves. Oh, yeah. And I think, you know, when they, when they originally... I'm sorry, I need to get this out, otherwise I'll forget. Um, Go I ahead. Think, I think when they announced 13 and Versus 13 in Aguido all those years ago, it was basically they announced this ambitious project and then realized that it basically, they they, they couldn't do it. It wasn't going to happen. So they focused all their efforts into 13, then they made Aguido into Type 0 for PS4, and then they're like, okay, let's make Final Fantasy 15, and, you know, let's make Versus into 15. What I think happened is that by the time they actually focused all those assets into making that transition from versus to 15 there were just too many storylines and plot devices that they probably had no way of feasibly intertwining i think the reason that they went through so many story changes is because they were trying to keep so many elements from versus while simultaneously trying to create a new game and put their own touch on it. And then they, then, then as time went on, I think they realized that most of these versus elements simply weren't working in their favor in the world they were trying to create. And that's why they scrapped the majority of it. That's, that's what I think. Here's the thing for me. Um, you know, especially old people, when they go about like the good old days and how great they were compared to now. It's because those are things that live in your memory. As as time yeah. passes, you start looking at some of the things that happened years and years ago a lot better than they actually were. The other thing is, you know, especially uh-huh. with works that go on an extended hiatus or stuff like that, that you start making uh, like stories in your head of, of filling that time up. Uh, say Star Wars or stuff like that. Avatar went to the same thing, but like you had a lot of stories of where like the the avatars came from and like bending and all that stuff. And when they answered that in in an episode of Legend of Korra, the episode was great, but a lot of people were annoyed with what happened. I think it's the same thing with the Final Fantasy fifteen because the development went through a lot of time, and you were what the game you were expecting was versus. Like just people, we all started creating stories in our head about what that game was going to be like and what was going to happen. And then, you know, like Versus got thrown into 15, the story changed. And once the more evident problems that 15 had came to light and you saw when you played the game, then you started comparing that into what you thought in your head was going to be the game. Exactly. And I think that, I in in Square on it. I think they dug them. They they dug that hole themselves because they kept releasing all of these trailers of a game that they like. I mean, all the all the versus trailers that were ever released. They kept releasing them, even though you know they clearly weren't focusing the majority of their company assets into making it into a game. They just kept releasing these flashy trailers, 
and, you know, giving little tidbits about what the game was going to be like in magazines and stuff. But, you know, their attention was clearly focused elsewhere. And, I mean, they dug themselves that hole. Yeah. They needed to have Nomura focus just on that instead of trying to make, like, 5,000 Kingdom Hearts games. Uh, yeah. And, and can about never a different Kingdom Hearts clone 3. of Sora. <laughs> never a Kingdom Hearts 3. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, everyone is Sora. Or is they the we can be here hearts. a while trying to decipher <laughs> oh, all God. the messy things that the dark and the harm can do. I think the other issue with 15, and I, I can attest to this, when the idea of Bursus came out, that seemed like a really interesting idea for a video game. When fi- the idea for 15 came out, I was like, I've seen that before. It, it could be good, but in reality... People are gonna gravitate towards the. I never seen this before. I want to see this too. I seen this before. It might turn good, but I was looking forward to the thing that I haven't seen before. Oh, I had a hard time following that. <laughs> it's, I, I think it's because it's late and. <laughs> Sorry. Time to talk about the plot. Let's go. For first half of the game, there wasn't really a plot. It was just like a lot of writing around, making jokes, being funny, which is actually very entertaining. The fishing too and all that stuff. If I could take the first half of the game and just stay there and like critique that first half of the game, it was fun. It could use a lot of improvements, but I could see that they were taking stuff they had seen from other games, like okay, let's implement that here because it's work. Not everything was implemented well. This was a couple of things that could use a lot of work, starting with the fact that as good as the interactions between the characters were, for someone that plays viral games, they still have a long way to go in terms of how the development with characters can go to. Uh, the, the whole thing with Prompto, you, you stop on one of the hotels and you can have a conversation with him and at this discussion and maybe change your mind on something, but that doesn't do anything for the story. If you stop on the same hotel again, you can have the same conversation again. There's no, there's no progression into that. That's because the conversation gets you a camera lens, and so they give you they give you multiple chances to get the conversation right. But that that's, that that shouldn't be the point of developing a character. Oh, if you do this conversation right, you get a camera lens. With Viroware games, you get loyalty missions, you get a lot of discussions with characters and all that stuff. I can see what they were trying to do, but it's just a lot of improvements on that. Well, I mean, it's also a different way of storytelling, too. I mean, it's too... What am I trying to say? First of all, the cutscene... First of all, the, the, some of those cutscenes, like the cutscene with Prompto, is entirely optional. I did not even get that on my original playthrough. I had to go back to that hotel and actually stay there to get that scene. So I didn't get it on my first playthrough. But I think the beginning of the game uh, set up the relationships between the characters and their roles in the party pretty well. Um, you've got Noctis, who's... And and they did a really nice job at that. 
I think uh, there's there's still some things that I know that I never got when on my playthrough. Like I never got a like a side quest to have Noctis help Ignis cook dinner. Apparently, that's a thing, though. Uh, yeah, it's at one of that, the random campsites. But no, I, I do think that the game should have been more of those sorts of things. And and instead of having it be tied to specific locations, have it be tied at least slightly more organically to, um, you know, points where you are in with, you know, your buddies and actually have a building relationship, sort of like social links. I mean, obviously, you can't do all of the little quests at... Um, all of the campsites, but you can at least have like little markers of go here and you will like, it'll be a little immersion breaking, but all of your quests are a little immersion breaking. You know, you'll just get a da 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 wants to go here and do this with you. And it, it needed to have more because it's really just once that it can happen. You can cook. You have that cousin with Ignis once cooking dinner. You have one cousin with Gladius uh, that you go running with him. You have one with Prompto. There's no more of that. Like, it was a nice idea. They just they needed to be a lot more of it. The other thing was... Actually, actually, who was it? Who was it? Somebody was telling me that they got the photo shoot with Prompto in a completely different area than I did. Because, like, there's, like, that dock with, like, the lighthouse. What photo shoot? Because he, he takes you on multiple photo shoots. Yeah. Um, yeah, he stops a lot of times when you're at a specific. Yeah, when like, you're going around, he was like, "Let's stop and take a picture here." He does it all the time. Not that one. The one where you're camping, and then you wake up early the next morning, and you have Noctis pose for Prompto. Apparently, somebody I was talking to somebody said that they got that same quest, but in a different area. And like most people I've been seeing it are down on that dock, but then somebody said there's somebody else who's claimed that they got that same thing in a completely different area. I can't remember who it was. And I've been trying to figure out within where else would you go to have that happen again? And can you trigger that one if I triggered this one? Ask Trace. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, he's he should be on this podcast. He's like knows more about this game than <laughs> we do and he hasn't even played it yet. Yeah. Oh god. He's gotten very very <laughs> yes. much into research for this game. Yes, um, he, please, if, if, who, to whoever's listening, if, if you're looking for anything related to the lore of fi Final Fantasy XV, go on the forums and look at all the research done by Trace, yeah, uh, better yet known as the Twilight Mexican on the TLS forums. He has put an insane amount of research into the lore of 15, which includes, you know, a lot of the loading cutscenes that give you the little tidbits on characters and the battle and stuff like that. Um, a lot of cutscenes with glitches. Um, just, oh my god, there, there's so much I can't even list, but, I mean... It's crazy. Go on the forums and check it out, because it, a lot of it's worth a read. Yeah. For someone who hasn't even played the game. <laughs> what What's impressive is how come... His commitment to this kind of stuff, his commitment to this kind of stuff, but he doesn't really like the game all that much. Even though he hasn't played it. What he's seen of it, he's like, eh, no. But yes. If anybody out there would like to donate to the fund to get 
uh, trays, the KKA, the Twilight Mexican, a PS4, and Final Fantasy 15. Send the money directly to me, and uh, eventually I'll make oh, sure he gets eventually. one. Only when the when the when, when the PlayStation Five comes. Yeah, out. yeah. When Just we've got send enough. Send money to me. I will actually do it. I'm a trustworthy person. <laughs> But I'm closer, you see. So yeah, I can but actually let's be honest. Who would he want to go to more? You or Tenny? He absolutely would want Tenny to drive over and and you know visit him, probably naked. He did, wouldn't want to see me <laughs> naked, but you know it's a much bigger trip. Yeah, for Tenny. I I don't live. I I live further away than Ryu does, so I guess it yes. does make a little bit more. So sense. if you live closer, on the order of several so thousand Tenny, miles, if you live closer, you would actually do it. No, not naked anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I, on the other hand, would, but I don't think you'd want to see it. But that's why I do it, you know, just for the hilarity. It's amazing that we've gone this long without making well, it. Well, we, we broke the streak. Well, you know, we've been going for about an hour and 20 minutes. I thought it was about time that we <laughs> we officially shifted into After Dark. Back, Back to, to the, the plot. plot. So what did you guys think? So we, we've we've been discussing character character uh, building in the early stages before the plot actually gets going. What do you guys feel about once the plot actually gets going? I'd say that's probably like chapter four when they actually lock you into an area and say, nope, you have to do this to Which, progress. Okay, every time the game says that, it doesn't take long to get out. No, but that's that's about when Is the plot when actually starts that taking random, into like, some yeah. sort Empire of gear. Dude, the, I think the game wants you to like not do that. Oh, am I? I was asking like, like, am I supposed to know this guy? Because he's talking like, am I supposed to know him? Then you find him in a robot, and way. it's like, bye, dude. The same, I'm not going to remember. And he shows up again later, and it's all like, was that yeah, the I... one dude that I fought earlier? I think it was, but I can't remember. There's another guy that I think I fought earlier, but I can't remember his name either. But you can see how <laughs> how memorable they were. Uh, I think one yeah, of them... Yeah, some side plots. Some side yeah, that's plots the problem. It's all like, okay, I think I fought a dude in this one place, and I think this is the same dude, but he was so unimportant to the story, but they're treating him like he is important, but I just don't care. That I forgot his name. But yeah, that's that's the problem yeah. with the Empire. Yeah, they, they don't it, matter. They, they, they're not yeah. the only ones who have that problem. <laughs> they're 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 disposable. Well, I just kind of feel yeah. like, especially after Kingsglaive, the fact that this game just throws everyone from the Empire just out the window, and by the time you, I'm now I'm skipping ahead, but by the time you get to the Empire, it's like they're all just dead. <laughs> they all dead. And you're just like, but how and why and why are they already like why didn't i get to experience well the the stuff? yeah the recent slash really excuse was oh you're seeing this through all noctis's point of view that's why you can't see really much of everything i think that's kind yeah of crap, because it's chapter i mean think about yeah, 12. You, yeah no there's several points there in are chapter several points three, where you see stuff you see, that like, noctis had no talking possible to all way these to other see Jews that look really cool when you're never going to see again and one of them is like the, that that crazy okay. scientist guy. I yeah. did not know this when I was playing the game. That's Pronto's dad. It's like, well, did I miss That's something? Did I accidentally like skip a cutscene or something? And you don't even find this out in the game. I, you you learn that this guy is Pronto's dad in the freaking strategy yeah. guide. <laughs> what? That was Pronto's yeah. dad? Yeah, the scientist Ver Verstale, Verstyle, something something. What Never hear fuck? his name spoken aloud. <laughs> I remember they had him. 
I think he was originally supposed to have a larger role because uh, in the very first trailer that they released for the game, like when they actually made the game into 15, it showed him uh, in one of the full motion video sequences with, you know, some soldiers behind him. So I think he was supposed to have a much larger role. And then as they started narrowing the story down, they just decided, oh, you know, let's let's cut this guy. Which doesn't make sense because he is a scientist who, obviously, with Arden's guidance, would have developed Unless they're saving the all Magitech that Troopers. Pronto. You know? In yeah. which case, they probably should have mentioned something remotely to that effect when they had Prompto show back up at the end game. It's I had to take care of something personal. Because the only time episode Prompto can really take place is the part where he's been uh, removed from the team after you get onto the Imperial. Yeah, well, he, when he gets thrown off the train. Yeah, because you see him. You yeah. see him in the snow. You see him in a snowy area, and he's you know bundled up in a jacket and stuff. I think it's funny that hilarious that episode Prompto puts Prompto in a beanie and a jacket, and then episode Gladio, you get that rugged attire after you. You know. Him. The timed mode, That's which takes you know, for for me the thing is, and, and, and which I don't really mind at all. At point, I was like, especially with Gladio, because I was the always one that they booted off the party and then brought by. It's like, oh, this is where the episode is gonna happen. I don't understand what the point of that was when you have like ten years of free time to do like DLC for these characters because there's ten years of storyline that you that the Noctis is not there that you could work with instead of like trying to shoehorn in it. There is literally enough time to have two interquels completely unrelated to each other that could be full stories. Like, you could have one that is about the Chocobros doing shit as they, you know, try and stave off. One about Iris becoming a demon hunter. Um, You could have the one about the little kid uh, becoming a long-haul trucker, you know. His name is Talcott. Talcott becoming a long-haul trucker. Yeah, I'm not going to remember that in an hour. All right, talcum powder. Got it. Talcum he grows powder. up, and he grows into a little hottie. <laughs> you run into him after ten years. I'm like, and that is why Lyft is not allowed to be a teacher. Up. Yeah, he's still. It's, he's still like, <laughs> oh my god, a teenager. <laughs> but no, I mean, or something. How old was Talcum? Whatever. No. Skip, anyways. Like eight or ten. Not much uh, more than that. I don't think. I mean, he's probably a full-grown adult ten, after the time old. skip. Yeah. But I mean, I can, I, I get it. I really do. You know, that 10 year time skip would have been uh, the perfect opportunity to showcase, you know, everything that these characters go through while Noctis is not there. But at the same time, I understand why like these DLC episodes would take place over the course of the main game because you have Noctis going through his journey. It only makes sense that these other characters would go on their own journey, kind of right along beside him. Yeah, but didn't they go into a bigger journey once they weren't with Noctis? Because once like Noctis was gone, and you had those 10 years, that's when they really went on the journey. I wouldn't be surprised if Ignis is, is set in those 10 years, because he doesn't have a big gap that he can have an adventure in during the the main story other than that well i mean 
it could show how he went blind in the Leviathan fight, but I mean, I get it. That's not that's not much of a window. I I, I can see that as part of his, but that's not yeah. you know that's not a, enough to be just a DLC. I don't know. Like, there's not a narrative arc there, unfortunately. It would have to start with him. Like, you could have a flashback to when he is blinded, and then jump to him, you know, blind during the the time of darkness. You know, have it all be completely audio-based. First-person, you know, shooter. Yeah, see. See, I don't know what his DLC is going to be about. I know what it should be about. It's just, it should be about uh, Ignis discovers a new recipe. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, awesome. you, you just play yeah. Cooking Mama. No, we, we go on an episode of Cutthroat Kitchen. If Square made like a cooking mama type game and had it with Ignis, there's so many. And then like here's the stinger from his uh, DLC. Like you no. go through a scene with Noctis in where his in the ice thingy that he is in the crystal for the thing years, and then Noct- uh, Ignis crashes through. Noctis, I discover a new recipe, and then he leaves again. <laughs> and that's my joke for the episode. <laughs> I just that ten year that ten year gap. I just I mean, I don't know if if I'm trying to play devil's advocate here, but I don't think. I mean, that ten year gap is just basically everybody waiting for Noctis to come back. I mean, I don't really see what more room there would have been for the characters to develop because they went on this huge journey with him, and he got sucked into a crystal. And now they're 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 waiting for the guy to come back, and when he does, they they go and kick ass and everything. But there's just yeah, but they 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 didn't spend those ten years just waiting for him. Like they have to do a lot of shit during those ten years. I know, but they were killing demons, and Ignis was becoming a gourmet yeah. food cook, which is way more interesting than what happened I mean... in the first half of the game. <laughs> they really should have just you know. Cut from chapter three all the way to the crystal, and then just had those ten year time gap. Yeah, but it's like, like for instance, if Gladio's DLC took place after Noctis was already gone, I mean, he go. Uh, I'm trying not to go into details with the DLC because I'm sure many of our listeners may or may not have played through it, but it's like. He goes on this quest to gain more power. So that he can be a, a proper shield prince, of the king. After his... After his... Yeah, so he can be a proper shield of the king after the king has already been sucked into this crystal. And, you know, when he comes back, they're going to go and fight Arden. And then he's going to die. I mean, what's the point in going to get this power if your king has to sacrifice himself anyway. Like, do do you get what I'm saying? I mean, I understand both sides. I mean, I I can understand, you know, why we could put, you know, a lot of this character development stuff in the 10-year gap, but at the same time, I also don't think it would make much sense. I mean, I would love some type of fan service DLC, you know, where you're running around in those 10 years in the dark, but at the same time, I don't think it really makes much sense to really put much emphasis on what everybody is doing okay here's the thing and you played the game more recently than i did but didn't gladius and the other ones only find out that noctis was gonna die like the night before they invaded 
like yeah, they the didn't... capital. Like I think that that's because I was complaining about that scene because they were. Sh- I don't even think they knew he was gonna die even then. No, that's that's what that. Oh no no! I thought that they thought it was a suicide mission. Rather than he had to die. I think, yeah, I think that campfire scene. It, it was very well. Di- I th- I think that. Sorry. Yeah, I think Noctis knew he had to die, but I don't think he uh fully relayed that to his friends. Just that it was a very much a suicide mission. Because this is where I'm going with. Say. He goes into this adventure after they lose Noctis because, like, he feels like he failed him and he needs to get stronger. For when Noctis has come back, he can actually be a proper shield or the king or whatever it is. And then he doesn't fail him again. That would have fucking destroyed me. That would have destroyed me. Gladio goes off to get stronger. He comes back. Noctis sacrifices himself. Like, can you imagine how shitty, shitty Gladio would have felt, you know, you know, wanting to protect his king, gaining this power, and then Noctis comes back and sacrifices himself? Anyway, but that but that would have been a great growing moment for that relationship because it would have. then Gladio would that. have to understand like Noctis is now a grown man and it's his decision what he does and he shows to sacrifice himself. But at the same time, it it almost there's it kind of just makes that that the climax of Gladio's story arc almost worthless because he gains this power but he can't use it. I mean, I could actually looking at it. I can understand how dramatic it would be, but I I can see how. To be fair, this is uh, to be fair. This is coming from someone I have not. I don't know anything about episode Gladia, so I'm coming from just like from the actual main game. Oh no, I I get you. I get you. I mean, I can see both sides of the coin. I can see you know how it would work and how it wouldn't work. I'm just trying to argue both sides of it, but uh. What were we talking about before we started going into character arcs again? <laughs> we were like we were talking about the first half of the story. First half of the story. Like, the the only uh, the only issue about the first half of the story is when they were when they were going into the actual story and not into like the guys having fun. It were decided to get really shaky, and there were times like they wanted to use like the thing with the car when the car gets stolen, and. I don't understand why the Empire spends so much time to get the car. It's just a car. You got better stuff than they do. I think it was specifically they only wanted to keep the car locked down both as a way to deny you a car and as a bait to try and get you in their exactly. area. But that was very poorly like they should have done anything to explain yeah. that. Uh, um, like Very obviously the Empire does not need that car and if you wanted to, I you could steal your ass as a new car, or just get Arden. somebody to give and you it's one. Like, and it's like, one. why would you take the car? Why would you take the car to lure Noctis to this base when you already had him in your grasp on the freaking airship when you saved him from Titan? To, I mean, to be fair, that that was Arden, and Arden is a villain that likes to toy with his prey, obviously, but... Well, Arden, Arden had very different than motivations the than the rest of the Empire. The The Empire wanted to see Noctis crushed and Lucis taken over. Arden wanted to face down, like, he literally wanted to have a confrontation with Noctis at his ultimate and destroy him then to prove that he was the better 
you know, king, and he should have been the yeah, chosen and one. you know what the trouble is with toying with the enemy and steadily letting them become more powerful? You risk getting your ass kicked, which uh-huh. is what happened to Arden. <laughs> yes, but Arden very specifically went yeah. insane and basically wanted... He basically did all of this to try and get back at the gods to say, your chosen one is a little bitch. I can help him along the way and still destroy yeah. him. And then he got hoisted by his own yeah. hubris. Arden it has, like, the worst case of... But you can at least understand his yeah. arc there, because he had to prove himself. Whereas, you know, he's not toying with... Uh, he's not just toying with Noctis because he thinks it's fun. He actually has something to prove. He's had something to prove for over several millennia now and it's driven him a bit sideways <laughs> fatty. It, like... can you tell oh i can tell anybody with that fashion sense obviously isn't thinking clearly at least you can remember that stuff but like that's something he was doing but some of the or, or other villains that were in the game that we already mentioned before the one that killed the old guy that again the game wanted us to care about but i like who's i don't care at least they haven't seen the old man die. I could have cured a little bit. So you go after that guy. You get like the only reason I knew he was the guy that killed the old man is that when I was listening to him, he was talking about it. Then you capture him, and then you find out later that he escaped. It's like, oh, well, that was a waste of time. That pissed me off so much. Oh my god! I wish they would have at least shown part of the scene of those imperial soldiers, you know, coming into Lestalem looking for the prince. I mean, that would have been, you know, a good opportunity to show a cutscene or something, a little exposition on that, other than just... They could have done what 12 did, because 12 had a lot of cutscenes that explained, like, so many other characters. Like, there's so many characters in that game that the main party doesn't even meet, but we, the audience, get to see them in cutscenes. I know, because 12... 12 had a deeper story. I mean, mean, not necessarily, it's just... 12 had a different style of storytelling because we said they're really good then i don't know that's true i don't i don't know 12 had a finished story yeah no i'm I'm just gonna say 15 did not like there is a massive story a good story in 15 the problem is they did not finish it the it is told from noxus's point of view is a saving throw to try and get around the fact that they did not finish all that they wanted to do. So many things could have been explained if we just had, you know, a little bit of exposition, you know, a small cutscene showing this, or a small cutscene showing that. Yeah. You know. Like, we could could still have Noctis be the primary viewpoint character, but we don't have to be... You don't have to sacrifice... You know, hardcore third-person limited. Yeah, you don't have to sacrifice the story just to tell it from We can have the occasional peaks. See, the other other thing was, in the first half of the game, the group. Like, when you go to Alticia, you have at that point before you go, and you take a picture of the whole group. The other... Yeah, Cole and all, all those other people... But the first time of the game didn't spend barely enough time on those people, and yet the the game makes it out to seem like oh, this is this really close group that have been doing all this stuff together, and you know all these people. And no, that was true. Core, more core, more core, more core. Yeah, you needed a lot more time with with core and Iris and all of them. I actually did pick that photo yeah. at the end when he's going through Pompto's photos to take one. 
I'm like, oh, I'm gonna do this one. Oh, me too. I I kind of regret it because it was much funnier if we take a photo of Sydney or Iris or stuff when he's on the end. That was a wasted opportunity to get a good laugh out of it. Well, the entire point was, yeah, no, I, the later times I, I chose much sillier photos, like one of him getting his uh, butt handed to him by a monster. <laughs> oh, I should but have done figured, that one you know, too. I think I, think I originally... Um, that was one of the better photos taken in the game. I think so. I originally, I think I chose, uh, I was going to choose the group photo, but a lot of people were picking that one. So I chose a picture from uh, all of the guys in Altitia. Aww. Um... Yeah, I mean, I thought that was a, a nice touch at the at the end of the game, but you know there is, uh, you know, there's there's room for hilarity. You know, like let you know, let's choose a picture of Cindy and have Luna <laughs> look at a picture of Cindy at the very end. <laughs> Who's this bitch? <laughs> oh look, there's a character. They have more screen time than I did, and for some reason, I bailed as a protagonist here. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh well. Yeah, so which we is talk where about everything the ending, I do want to talk about the game. some of the latter That's half where of the game. Like, the the bits and pieces that they probably had makes from versus yeah. to what they had from the theme. They just like, I think Square Enix said, you have to release this game, we can't keep waiting. So they just like, let's chop together whatever we have and hope that flows into something resembling. Oh yeah, no, it, it, was, Xenoge- it was Xenogear Sendo- Syndrome all over again. All we were lacking was Noctis sitting in a chair telling us what happened between plot points. Yeah. But from the moment you get on the train, you are locked aggressively into a story and you're still only getting bits and pieces of it. But that is where, like, chapters 10 through 12 all felt oh, God. way too short and could have probably been one whole chapter. Chapter 13, and I said this oh, on the last Jesus time we tried, should have been a couple chapters. Like, even if you're alone for all of them, that was just way too extended. <laughs> I remember when... At the very least, like, put a chapter mark when you get the sword back. <laughs> or when you get swords back, I should I say. I remember when uh, I had beat the game and... Tenny was about to beat the game. We were talking on Skype, and she's like, "Hey, I just got to chapter 13. Oh, you silly you think I can child! Beat the game tonight, and I'm like, <laughs> "No, um, not unless you're up for like another five hours." <laughs> I no, I I recall I was on Skype because I started the game like early on a Sunday morning. I'm like, "Yeah, I think I think I can plow through the game." You know, I'm I I'm starting chapter 13. And, you know, it's like, oh, it's going to take you forever. Yeah, I figure. And then it still took longer than I thought. Because it was like six or seven hours after I started that I finally hit the, uh, well, that I had to restart oh, near the end. Because that's when I hit the friggin' um, falling through the uh, floor glitch. I was going to say, it did not take me six to seven hours to get through chapter 13. Oh, no, no, it wasn't chapter 13. It was chapters 13, uh, then 14, okay. and then reloading half of 14 because I fell through the floor and lost about so basically the game maybe was an hour's worth of wandering you. around and then I did it much more efficiently the, the second time but I was still very like, <laughs> oh that's just, yes, it did. really bad the, the thing is like I was on the it forum accept- I was one of the first people that went through the game and I was one of the first people that experienced chapter 15 and I made my opinions on that fucking horrendous chapter very clear that I fucking despise it 
Like, there were so many interesting ideas, but it was way too long. Like Rio said, it should have been different chapters. The whole thing with you without powers got boring and annoying very quickly because they didn't really do anything interesting with it. They just, like, wanted to frustrate you. And it's a lot. The fucking robots on the ground trying to jump scare you or twice or sort of time were annoying because I knew they were there and I couldn't do anything about it. Then after you go through all of that, Oh, and like the the actual bits and pieces that were interesting, you you get to read it in the codex what's what's actually happening there, and the, no, you had to actually show me something. That would actually be a great place if they were not so adamant. If if they had had time to do this and and weren't doing their this is just Noctis's viewpoint, that would have been a great place to have had the focus shift to the other three. Like first off, have them find Prompto or Prompto find them. And, you know, then the all three of them having their own adventure exactly. through the place, you know, without like, the you're standard You're finally supplies. in Niflheim. And they're like, oh, no, everyone's dead or yeah. turning to a magic deck or whatever because we never really had an explanation. Or, or there wasn't people there. Just, I, don't, I still don't know what, what was going on with that city. And the whole... Everyone in the city turned into a demon, I think. I'm just going to call it white chlorination syndrome. That's what happened to them. And yeah, yeah, pretty much. They they basically stole the plot yeah. of Nier. Like, they either turned into demons or they just <laughs> disappeared entirely. Uh, some of the notes that you encounter throughout Chapter 13 explain, you know, some of the phenomena on different parts of their continent about, you know, various, you know, groups of people disappearing all over the place and stuff, which doesn't make much sense. I mean, I I like chapter 13. I mean, it it, it was long. Um, but, but with I, the codex, I really liked how See, creepy it here. was. I like um, 13. I liked how Arden taunted yes. you the whole way through. Um, the magic was the the ring of the Lucii magic was frustrating to use, but I mean, that's really my only complaint about like the issue is that they really didn't do anything with it. They yeah, could they didn't have done do this much. interesting gimmick with it, but it didn't do anything. The thing with the codex, like showing you what had like happened in like this entries and codex entries, like it goes one of the first rules of storytelling: show, don't tell. Yeah, they exactly. they were they were very much in the oh shit, we have to do something, so we have to tell part because again, this was a game that was cobbled together from. Like, you know, most of a game, but still an unfinished game at the end because they've been told to get it on and get it out by a certain deadline. The the other issue is with the Emperor, and I didn't know this, I only found out after I finished the game, that fucking annoying demon that kept, like, uh, annoying me during corridors. Oh, I knew that was the Emperor because when you when he finally dies... I can't remember what he said. He said something about, like, I'm supposed to rule forever. He, and I was all like, was that the fucking... I don't know. He's it's like, a fucking... To, to me, it's around. a fucking demon that would all say that anyways. But, yeah. like, the thing is... Yeah. No, 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 no. But it's just... No, The what what he said was seemed very specific of the Emperor. Because I, I remember when he died, and he said something when he died, you could hear a voice. Yeah, yeah. When when that demon died, Oh, they explicitly call him out as the emperor. Like, oh my god, that was the emperor that was chasing me around this whole time. Okay, the thing is, the issue is, I finished that at four in the morning, and I was extremely angry, frustrating, and I was just living sleepy, so I wasn't really paying attention to what he was saying. But the first time, the first time he attacks you in a corridor, I got his health down to fifty percent, and then he disappeared. 
And then he appeared again with his health bar full and it's like, fuck you, you oh, fucking motherfucker. Yeah, no. Yeah, exactly. no, that, that was irritating. I basically, after that, I'm just like, okay, screw you. Bye, Felicia. But eventually You're not you worth have it. To kill him. Oh, and then, oh, and then the sherry on top of that chapter is like, yeah, you have the hardest sense. bus fight with Viserys Understudy. I'm never gonna say his name. Viserys Understudy sounds better. And it would have been awesome, except that it's just the end of the fucking fucker of a chapter. I, I didn't have any problems with it, because I was like at level 70 when I went through there. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not trying to gloat, but I didn't have any problems with the Ravis fight at all. I can't remember what level I was on. I because I think that I feel like the end game is really set up for somebody who's like level in their thirties or something. Is that what it is? It like really 40s, is. Because I, I remember I was like way over level. Because I remember like the further the closer I got to the end of the game, I was all like, you know, this is actually a lot easier than I feel like it should be right now. Yeah, you. Yeah, they they had no idea what people were gonna be do. They thought that people were just gonna go ahead and tackle that plot straight ahead and go like, oh, side quest. This yeah. requires me to be a certain level. Well, I guess I'll be that level and take on that side quest. <laughs> Like, like people would do that. Here's the thing: you if you tell us to do something, we're not going. We're gonna do the opposite. When you get yeah. the, the car for the first time, Ignis is like, "Oh, don't drive the car at night." It's like, "Oh, shut up, Ignis. I know what I'm doing." Then I find a fucking demon. It's like, "Oh shit, I'm so sorry, Ignis." Uh, if you tell me, "Oh, you have to go," I'm going to level up. I'm not gonna do the story. <laughs> yeah, so we do the opposite. That's just we're stupid humans that like to do the opposite of what we're told to do. Yeah. Exactly. We've kind of skipped ahead and just gone straight to chapter 13. <laughs> well, like, if you want to take a step back before we get to the end of the game, I do have to say that I really felt cheated by Luna dying so early in the plot. I always kind of thought that if... She... Okay, guys. I knew it was going to yeah. happen. I just, I mean, I I, figured from she all the trailers and everything, I would, knew it was going to happen. Not when she did, because I just really, I felt like I didn't feel satisfied. That's, and that's our final subject. Did we feel satisfied by the game? <laughs> no, it was like the, the whole Luna thing in general. Okay, so we can talk about the end of the no, game no. and get yeah. back to Luna. Luna. Okay. <laughs> We're skipping over all the chapters, just go straight to the end, and then Luna. <laughs> yeah. I was joking, so, though. <laughs> the final... <laughs> no, no, no. No, well, go ahead. Just That's sort of what we are doing. Just, just keep talking. <laughs> I mean, we do need to talk about the ending at some point. Is there anything else anyone wants to talk about about the early chapters, or anything yeah. that's not uh, right at the end? Cup noodles? Cup noodles. <laughs> <laughs> You mean the best side quest ever? I mean, that's totally not. Yeah, working. that side quest took that side quest kind of took me out of the game a little bit. I was like, "Dear God, you're not, you're not doing this." <laughs> it was so stupid. I mean, we touched on this before, but like the ten years time skip was a completely waste of time when you get there with Noctis and you find out all this cool stuff that's happening, like. Uh, it, Get on a car and get to the city and finish the game. It's like, ah, oh, well. But all you can do okay, is then. head Wait, to the. Here's, a, here's my take on it. I kind of feel like the game. I like, okay, I know that they were trying to go for this to be a tragedy. I'm not 100% sure if I feel like 15 did a good job of being a tragedy, 
I really feel like they just sort of throwing shit at Noctis just because like it didn't really f- all it didn't all feel like it was an organic extension of the plot. Is like you just know that the writers are just all like let's have this happen and that happen and this happen and that happen. Um, like Noctis having to die, it seemed like it didn't seem like it should have been necessary. Um, whereas like okay, for example, spoilers for people who have not beat Final Fantasy X. What happened to Titus at the end of Final Fantasy X? And you come from this the viewpoint of when they made that, they were not planning on trying to bring him back in ten two. Um that there was an actual reason for what happened to Titus at the end of ten two happen. Like it wasn't just the writers who were like, let's just make this sad for the sake of being sad. That you were given a reason and it made sense. Whereas with Noctis, it just kind of seems like, well, because Bahamut said so. Or, like, because the writers dictate for it to happen. Well, it's kind of... They did give you a reason, but rather than the reason feeling organic, it felt like they created a reason so that they could have him sacrifice himself. I, I think maybe that's one of the things left over from Versus. It's just that now that you don't have Stella in that Romeo and Juliet role, it just didn't really make a lot of sense anymore. Yeah, and I also kind of feel like there was a lot going on, like, a 10-year time skip and then Noctis comes back just to die. They should have done... 10 year time skip and have Noctis live and take over his country and rule as king or not do the time skip and then you can have Noctis die see but both seems like it's a little overkill but but then you wouldn't have the stupid beginning of the game where you spend 3 seconds in the future and then you immediately go to the past and what was the fucking better in the game in the future I mean they could have even they could have still done that without the 10 year, 10 year time skip yeah they still could have done something like that without the time skip I'm not too fussed about that. You just like everyone with facial hair. It was just, it, it, there was no point of that. There was no point of that. At least if you had started the game with them young, at least the whole thing, your time skip would have been at least like this spoiler, this, this huge moment. But then you already know that going in and there was no reason to do that in the first place because it, it goes nowhere. It's three seconds in the future. It's not even three seconds in the final battle. Exactly. It's... It's three seconds in the quasi penultimate before the, the before the fight even yeah. starts, <laughs> really. And that's one other thing, which is like the whole like what they could have done. Actually, you know what would have been hilarious, and and this this would have actually granted it would have been like weird and confusing as the plot went on. What they should have done, they should have started in that. Um, the part of the ending where you're seeing the wedding banners for Noct and Luna. Oh god, man. And it literally have it be, so let me tell you about the story of how I got here, hon. This is the story of how I died. Then jump all the way back. No, no, not even this is the story of how I died. So I want to tell you the story of how I got married. Listen to my story. You know, or the story of my wedding day. And the trip up to it. (laughs) Oh god. Yeah. Kids, I want to tell you how I met oh, your mother. Jesus. Oh, see, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, this is going through a how you met your mother joke, and we can go into a how I met your mother ending jokes of yeah. having nothing to do with how I actually met your mother. Yeah, but no, like I do think it would have been a great hilarious, like not not hilarious, but it would have actually been a very good gut punch to have started instead of in that completely pointless battle. Have it start with um. 
an older looking Noctis and Luna Freya, both of them sitting like and and all we get is the shot of their wedding banner and a shot of the two of them on the throne with him holding a photo you don't see and him telling her so let me tell you about how i finally got here that'd be you know and have it be him telling her the story that would at least justify most of the story being from his perspective you could even have her cut in with oh but this was going on at the same time because she knew more of what was going on in the world and then eventually, like, come chapter, end of chapter nine, people are like, wait a second, but wasn't she at the start of the game? Why is she dead now? Because you wouldn't see it coming Because he's explaining yeah. it to her in the afterlife. I technically think that they're not dead, but ascended into godhood, but six of one. I guess. I don't know. <clears throat> I, I literally think that he's, he's like the new embodiment of the crystal's light, and she's uh, a bit basically been brought up to godhood oh. along with him. Or he's like, I think she's the planet him. now, and he's the sun. <laughs> yeah. Like, even though his name literally means nightlight. So she's, oh, she is the moon that lights up his night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. This is the night sky. Now. No. Yep. She's the moon that lights up the night, <laughs> the night sky. I like it. That's poetic. Kind of like how Titus and Yuna sun and... are sun and the moon. It's because Yuna means moon something, right? I in it, uh, I'm pretty sure it does. I I mean I know it's like a I know it's also um, a type of hibiscus flower, but I'm pretty sure her name also means moon in a, another language, right? I could have sworn it did. Uh, it. M- Hang on, I I gotta I gotta I gotta wiki of this now. Just do that later. It doesn't matter. None of that happened in the game anyway. I know. I'm I'm. I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> the only other thing for me was, like, when you find out when you're on the train, that, like, oh, the days are getting shorter and the nights are getting longer, and this is a, a huge thing. It's, like, you have said that up before now. In Japanese, means night or mood. Yeah, they should have had you in... Means night in the, in the Okinawa? Yeah. The Okinawa? Okay. Whatever website. That it, the Okinawan is an old way of saying a language. Bizarrely, you find it a lot in old comic books translated from the blank. So yeah, so Titus was the sun, yeah. and Yuna was the moon. So yeah, it was like a yin and yang type theme. I mean, there's even artwork of them in a yin and yang pose. But it was also the the two the two lovers sharing the sky who can never meet. Um, like it's it's even more sad and uh poetic than the Tanabata story of the two may only meet once a year. And then, but hey, Aww. don't worry. If you get the perfect, if you get the good or perfect ending in ten two, Titus comes back to life with no explanation whatsoever. He just does. But at least they, they lampshade that, I guess. <laughs> so they're like, how did you come back? I guess, because you loved me enough, but really I have no idea. <laughs> then you can shove him in and it's like, well, I- that's like the story of every Final Fantasy love you can see me but i'm making gag noises that's pretty standard (laughs) (laughs) in final fantasy you can conquer anything through the power of love and friendship even time travel wait for the ff8 retrospective (laughs) podcast it's gonna be a doozy (laughs) so that so that ending guys the plot of eight is messed up yeah so the ending 
like I did like the the way that they presented the ending. I wish that we'd gotten at least a little more of an answer of what had happened to the other three Chocobros and some shots of the other people who we were told were still alive, seeing them reacting to the new dawn. Because all we saw was Time Dog seeing the sun and reacting, and then we cut to, you know, the royal wedding. I... I... No, you go ahead, Carl. Well, like, for me, like, the... I would have liked the better explanation, the better exposition of Arden. I feel like he would have been a much better character had we actually really got a chance to know him. In the podcast that we lost, I said that he reminded me in a way of the war doctor, Doctor Who. And that's not a spoiler anymore. Those five years, four or five years four. old, and everyone knows who the war doctor is. John Hurt. Four years. Yeah. R.I.P. John Hurt. Yeah, he was awesome. I, w- I want to see more yep. stuff with him. Well, then you're going to have to go back and find it. Because unfortunately, John Hurt dead. Oh, yeah, he's dead. Oh, I forgot about yeah. that. Perfectly forgot how awful 2016 was. Yeah. I mean, John, John Hurt was no, a No, well, I t- that was... But you can go back and no, watch well, Alien, and then Fox. you can go watch um, uh, Spaceballs. Yeah, John Hurt he was, was an alien. Spaceballs? What, who did he play in Spaceballs? Yeah, he was also in Spaceballs. I don't fucking know what that is. The same person he played an alien. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you remember oh at the end God. of Spaceballs, when they're in the diner? No... And the guy goes, oh god, not again! That is John Hurt, who's literally playing the same character he played in Alien, having the same thing happen to him. Oh my god! That that was the joke! Yeah, that was a chess person. John Hurt was also the voice of the dragon in Merlin. I Mm. liked Merlin. The ending sucked, though. I I stopped caring about Merlin around somewhere. I think the last season was two. After three, it was like... It was charming. Anyways. Cheesiness. Yeah, anyways. Yeah. Anyways, like... War Doctor. The end. Actually, I want to talk about Arden for a little bit, because... I don't know, I kind of wasn't impressed by him at first. I mean, I kind of had the feeling that he would be the main villain just from the material that we saw, and then in King's... You know, what little we saw of him in Kingsglaive at first, and yada yada, but... I mean, I wasn't really impressed by him or his motivations, I guess. So, I mean, we we don't even really find out his motivations until the very end of the game, the end of chapter 13, in a cutscene, and then, boom, 10 years has passed, and then you go to Insomnia and you fight him. And it's like, I... I I, I, I didn't like that. I didn't like that I had I didn't know until the very end of the freaking the last like two hours of the game what the villain's motivations were, why he set me on this path, why he hated me. I just I, I didn't like that at all. Um I mean, kind of in retrospect, I I mean, I think Arden is a, a decent villain now. I mean, he's obviously very sick and twisted in the head. Um like in in chapter fourteen, when you when you go to Insomnia, you get in the throne room and you see the bodies hanging from the ceiling. I was surprised that Square had put something like that in there. Um, you know, bodies hanging from chains in the ceiling is kind of it's like very grim macabre Same. imagery, and I loved it. 
because I mean, to the point where like after, you know, Arden did his little poof I'm gone scene, I, I, I went up to the top of the room where the throne was and just kind of rotated the camera around to look at these bodies because I just thought it was really cool looking and I'm like, okay, now now I have a feeling for how sick and twisted this guy yeah. is in the head. You know? And in chapter thirteen when he's taunting you throughout that whole thing, it's just my main th- I've gone on off gone off on a nonsensical tangent here, but bottom line is I didn't like that I found out in the very last few hours of the game what the villain's motivations were like. I, I just I, I didn't like that. I liked Arden. I thought that he was charismatic, and I do like charismatic villains. I liked him taunting Noctis. I mean, before you get to chapter thirteen, I liked all the shit on the train where he was like. Just taunting Noctis on the train, and then more so in chapter 13. I do agree that... Yeah, he makes Noctis push Prompto off the train and stuff. I like really that. Great. But I do admit that I do think that his motivations are kind of a little weird. I was all like, okay, so you waited for 7,000 years or something like he's that? Got the, he's got the worst reaction to getting fired ever. Oh, okay, so this is why, why I compare him to the War Doctor and what the game could have done better with the character. Like, much like the war doctor, he lived through a time that was extremely difficult that made him do, choose, like, something terrible to do. And it, with the war doctor, his previous incarnations and his later incarnations were, like, dismissive of him. And, like, he didn't have, like, a number doctor who was, like, the one that everyone wanted to forget and ignore and pretend it didn't happen. And with Arden, it was, like, all the previous games didn't let him to be part of that because of what he did. The difference with the war doctor and Arden is that Arden went crazy and wanted to get revenge for what what happened to him, whereas the war doctor always saw himself as a lesser person than the other doctors for what he did when it, that wasn't really the case. He just happened to be in a position where probably the other doctors could have done the same thing. And eventually he got in, in the 50th anniversary he, 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 the other doctors wanted to remember that that they finally saw him as an equal. That, that that's part of what you did. That's you, and does nothing to be. There's no reason to be hiding out. Whereas Arden, of course, gets obliterated for his choices. And I mentioned before that I wasn't a big fan of the the other kings. That I always felt since I saw the Kingslay, they were fucking assholes and more than a bit racist. Racist. I mean, like, we had this conversation before when, like, Knox uh, was the ring on, and it's like, oh, but you're not worthy because you, you don't have blue blood. It's like, oh, shut the fuck up. I immediately didn't like oh, them. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like, you know, you have the spirits of all these kings that are trapped in this ring, and you have someone put the ring on, show up demanding to use their power. I mean, yeah, they come across as a little high and mighty, but it's like, you know, you're not even of our blood, and See, they, they kind of, they mistake Nyx's intentions at first. They think that they're kind of selfish, but, you know, once they see that his intentions are good and he really just wants to use the, their power to protect the people and, you know, to try and save the city, which, you know, ultimately doesn't succeed, you know, they grant him their power and everything, but... At a cost. At a cost. I mean, which I hate it, it because I like Nyx. Very, very I mean, big for one, cost. For once, I... For once, I I'd like, like, a happy ending for things like this, but, I mean, that's just kind of a common theme throughout, 
you know, literature and storytelling is that, you know, you can have this great power, but it comes at a cost. You know, that's a common theme throughout, you know, a lot of Final Fantasy games is, you know, we'll grant you this power, but there's a cost. And, you know, the gods and, you know, the astrals in 15 kind of come across as assholes, but it just, it kind of, you, you know, it, it's, it's kind of like they're bound by certain limitations of the world, you know, they're not omnipotent, you know, they have, there's like, there, there's rules that they kind of have to follow. Like, do you get what I'm trying to say here? <laughs> you know, they're bound by like, yeah. you know, like kind of limitations and it makes them come across as assholes. Because they are assholes. What they, what they did to Arden was actually pretty bad, even though Arden turned out to be, turned out because of that to be a horrible person. But what they did to him was bad anyways. Well, see, okay, Arden was chosen by the crystal to be the king of light, okay? Arden was also a healer. How he healed people that was affected by the star scourge that Afrit had brought onto the world, he healed people by taking that darkness into himself. So he did it to himself, I could say. I mean, obviously he didn't he didn't ha- he didn't have anybody around to say, "Hey, don't do this or otherwise you're going to be impure." But I mean, he healed those people by taking the darkness into himself and thus the crystal, you know, deemed him unworthy. See, but that's not a thing to be unworthy of. And here's the other thing for, for me at least. What would the other kids have done if they were in Arden's place? I have no idea. I mean, my question is: the other kings may yeah, not. I also want to know is why was it okay for like? Obviously, it's possible to cure the Star Scourge without taking it in you because that's what Luna did. So I'm curious uh, how why he had to do it and when it was developed the method to cure the Star Scourge without that. And why only the Oracle seems to have that power. Uh, probably just the powers granted to different bloodlines, because, you know, when they had that, you know, that great big huge war between, like, the gods and stuff, uh, pretty much the only people, you know, they granted their power, some of them granted their powers to, you know, the Lucis line, and then there was an Oracle line. I mean, Luna... I mean, she basically is dying throughout the game, you know, healing people of the Star Scourge and making the covenants with the gods. It It is slowly killing her. I mean, she even says in the game, you know, my flesh is beginning to fail me. And I mean, I don't know how Luna can heal people, whereas Arden can't. I guess it just chalks it up to, you know, the different powers that were granted to the different bloodlines. I don't know. Square needs to explain that. They do. And that's a perfect point, unless anybody else wants to say stuff about the ending part, to jump uh, on to Luna, and why well, wasn't she well, in this let's game let's talk more. about the campfire scene, and how much, it, how sad it was, and how much we liked it. Oh, oh god, we that didn't really talk about me. that. Uh, I know, I we, did, right. we, did, we did talk about it, it in the previous me. recording. I just, it ripped out, rip out my heart. Oh, it was. Rip out my heart. Throw it on the ground. That was a very good coda for the game. I, I am glad that, that that part of that campfire scene came at the yeah. very end of the game instead of where it chronologically was. Yeah, it was a very nice touch and it just I mean, I, I, I shed tears. I mean, well maybe not shed tears, but my eyes did water. Uh, I mean, that was some 
great voice acting from everybody, especially Ray Chase. I love Ray Chase, but I, I was, I was making very high pitched noises. You made high pitched noises. I very, very high pitched. But noises. that was because her, uh, her processor was was overheating and she was threatening to explode. But we'll not <laughs> get into much, that right now. <laughs> See, I'm sorry, I disagree. I didn't care for it where it was after everything that happened, and that this was already there. We go back in time to see that happen. It was like, uh, no, it just lost our own meaning to me by that point. Sorry, no. Uh, great voice acting, I'll give you that. Great voice acting. Otherwise, didn't care for it really. It was a nice scene. It's just for me, it should have been. It should have been where chronologically it happened. I don't know. If it had been where it had happened chronologically, I think that might have been giving us sort of the payoff before time. I can sort of see where you're coming from. Having the the very last thing of the game be Noctis saying, I don't know what to say. You guys are the, are best. the best. Oh god. Just... I'm gonna cry. I, I do love it when Ray Chase does that. It's really nice. Oh, that was hilarious. We did it at KupoCon and we're oh, like, my... people are like, say something against Noctis. And he's all like, what can I say? And we're like, oh my god. You guys are the best. And the whole room was just, aww. Nope. The whole screen, yeah, the whole room went crazy. N- now ask him to do something oh, as Eve. But anyways. Um, <laughs> crap, what was I saying? Oh yeah, I just feel like that was like the perfect way to just end the game. Just like have him say that you guys are the best and then boom. Like mic drop. I don't know. I loved it. It was beautiful. Carly, it's your time to scream and shine. The topic is Luna. Well, here's the thing. It's been five months and, and kind of over it. If you want to watch the video and put it there, I'll be like arguing a lot, very angry. Well, Lex was laughing because he lost my misery to this entertainment to him. I mean, we all do, to be fair. Your misery sustains us. Here's the thing. I don't give a shit about Luna as a character because that's not our character. This is like a piece of paper in a wall. Piece of paper. That's paint or something like Something that has nothing that you don't you, you don't hate it you don't like it it's just something that's there that was Luna in the game and yeah they didn't really give her much of a personality no she had nothing and uh, then the voice actress was at least the English voice actress was all over the place too that, that's, that's just adding more badness to the situation obviously that was the more more contentious issue going into the game because. Stella was a really, looked to be a really interesting character. I know some people complain, like, oh, we only saw three seconds of her. Those three seconds were way better than everything we got out of Luna in that game. And... I disagree. Luna sucks. She's nothing. Absolutely nothing in that game. The three seconds of Stella was fucking... Stella looked to be an actual character. She actually looked like she was doing something. Luna doesn't do anything in that fucking game. And the times that, that, that she looks like she's doing something. Well, I disagree. <laughs> it's not that she doesn't do anything, but I do feel like they needed to have more of her. Here's here's the, the main her. issue. Here's, here's the big problem. The way they went about 
de developing that character. The way they handled the whole Sailor situation was awful. The way they the developed Luna was awful. The way they promoted Luna was awful. Because all they were doing is like covering their asses. The whole thing, oh, Luna's a more stronger character than Sailor. I said that from the start. That sounds like fucking bullshit. And it was. They kept the scene where the, the, the Magitek soldiers are pointing guns at her. Which in the game makes no sense whatsoever. And like her like batting the gun away just to keep that to make her look strong in the game that fucking scene has no sense whatsoever in the game they just left it there to like make her seem like she was actually a strong character that's not what a strong character is you have nothing in that game and still after the game came out they still came up with all this bullshit explanations like oh Luna's a fucking strong character like Stella no she isn't you're just still calling your asses about it and they actually Try like the, her death thing goes on and on and on. Like someone got confused and thought that was Aerith when she died. Like I don't give a shit about her death because you don't, you didn't not spend any time to make me care about that character. I have to say that I don't hate her as much as you seem to. Yeah, I, I hate her. <laughs> um, but, okay, I don't hate but, her specifically. I hate what what she stands for in the game. What what was taken away. What was put? You, you hate the fact that she is not the Stella that you you thought you were promised. It, it, not even that, that. That she's not even a character. She's nothing. I did say what little we did get of her. I saw, like we saw a scene near closer to the beginning where she was healing people. I kind of got a feeling of like like she could have been maybe like Yuna, and then the scene where she summoned Leviathan was. So it was like super badass. And I was like, I wanted more Luna, like more screen time for Luna to see her do more stuff like see, that. See, that, that, that's one of what made me issues, that scene. It looked badass. But see what she's doing when she, when she's like, she wants that power for Noctis. She's just doing anything for herself the whole game. And after she dies, this is the more insulting thing. After she dies, where she starts seeing scenes of her. And there's a scene where she's talking saying, oh, I just want to, like, stand next to Noxus. I'm like, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut the fuck up. This is just, no. Nothing, like, like again, I'm going to that trailer from Versus. When you see Scylla, she looks like a genuine person that's like, actually doing stuff for herself. Whereas Luna, it's just, she's just a plot device. Well, aren't all characters tech plot devices, technically? I mean, they do help spur a plot along. Yeah, but that's her only, that's the only point of her. I mean, <laughs> I agree. Luna is severely <clears throat> underutilized in the game. I don't think she's a bad character. I mean, while when my first playthrough through the game, I mean, I, I did get attached to her, but I didn't really, I didn't really appreciate her her character until I actually like you know watch some of these cutscenes a second time and unfortunately we we were talking about earlier how the game you know tells and doesn't it doesn't really show it it more tells it or i don't know the game relies a lot on like more subtle cues and everything with luna's character i think it just it relies heavily on the player's ability to make assumptions which doesn't always happen um, I mean, in a lot of the cutscenes, you see that, you know, she is a very conflicted young woman, and she doesn't necessarily, I mean, she follows, 
a major theme of the game is, you know, it's it's fate. You know, you have this path, you have to follow it, whether you really like it or not. Like, Noctis is the chosen king. He doesn't want to be, but he does it anyway. Um, shit, I wish I had written all of this down. <laughs> but, I mean, Luna does a lot in the story. They just don't show it. She makes the covenants at the cost of her own life. I mean, it's even stated in the game that the havens are made by oracles. You have to. I think it's like a dialogue in Golden Key that you have to uh, instigate, but you hear it in the background somewhere. I mean, she's not a weak character. She's just severely underutilized, and they. It's one of those cases where they just they presented the character wrong. No, you know, she's, they, she's, they really she, overhyped her and I mean they presented here's the, here's a problem oh. on a better writer that might have sort of been decent. But I said this when the wedding was, was going on that I didn't trust Avatar with the character. He did Curse's score and he ruined Aerith in that game. And Aerith is an amazing character I in the original don't game. Really see how the girl they turn everything about her about Zack. Why she dresses, why she wears the ribbon, why she's carrying, uh, like, why she's selling fire, why she's everything. She's just, everything revolved around Zack. I didn't mind that so much. I did, I just kind of thought it was dumb that she apparently never went up on the place and she's afraid Oh, and of she the was sky. afraid of the sky. I didn't like that. I did not mind the rest of it. It's everything. No, one thing would have been fine, but everything, everything about her character, everything that she was wearing, everything that she was doing. Revolt on sack. And that's ridiculous. I mean, yeah, I do get what you're saying because, like, he gave her the ribbon. It's his idea to sell flowers. He tells in a in a mind wave battle flashback, one of those things, you see that he tells her to wear pinks and assuming, which kind of, like, gives a suggestion that, like, the way she's, she's dressed in the original game is because Zach told her to dress that way. But... I mean, it's it's kind. Of, I I personally think that it's kind of cheesy, but I don't. I hate, hate it, it I because I don't know. and and mind you, I used to dislike Ira for a long time before I actually got to appreciate her character. But it, it's the same thing with Luna. It's just it turns everything about that character towards the male protagonist. The dependent everything they do is about the male protagonist. It's just there's nothing there. And Iris is a great character. And once you do that, it's like, once it's like, because I didn't know that he was actually the one that made the game. Once I was like, yeah, I, 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 now I have no faith in Luna actually working because it's, it's done for a guy that, that well, what I've seen isn't actually good at writing female characters. And that's the other problem with the game because the, the ones that were actually good in the game for the few characters that you had in, in 15, we didn't actually get to see much of them. And the actually cool things that they did, we never got to see them either. I mean, but the, the problem is, like, there were so many other characters that got horrifically underutilized. And, and like, the entire Empire. Yeah. It's, it's like, I agree that Luna got horribly shafted, but I think, basically, everyone who's not named uh, Noctis Prompto, Gladio, Ignis, or Arden was basically also and even even Arden didn't survive that. Even Clarice. Oh yeah, no, like Arden absolutely was was shafted for plot, but at least he got some. Yeah, because he's the villain. 
Like, and to me, it goes back to once you start adding all those things together, it doesn't look very good. I complained when Kingsley came out that uh, I already forgot the name of the chick that died. Crow. Crow. But like, she was like the yeah, she was the only female Kingslave. If there were other female Kingslave, her death would have been would have been so bad. But she she wasn't the only female Kingslave, but she was the only named one. There were there were others that you see in that initial fight that are also helping her, hmm. you know, generate. See, I only saw the movie the once, but yeah, maybe. So she's the only main one, and she dies almost immediately. That's not a good look for for, for a game that's already on the controversy for like the way they've been treating female characters. And with the actual game, you had the waist in this dressing that's just awful. And Aranea and Iris, but interesting characters, but you don't really get to see them much. And the really awesome things that they do, we don't get to see at all. Which goes back to the, the bogus explanation of why this is all for not this is point of view. Yeah, no, I'm I'm pretty sure that it was um like because for the longest time I believe Nomura was still the the actual director, and then Tabata was actually announced very, very late in the, the dev cycle for it. Like even after it had officially been turned into fifteen, I think. But I think he was basically brought in to try and salvage something playable out of that shit. So, like, I agree he was not great at um, making it into, you know, a very good character or well-represented female characters or well-represented characters in general. But I think it might have been an even bigger pile of shit before he got his hands on it. But at least on that matter, he doesn't have a good track record, so... No, he does not. I mean, he's got the third birthday in his goddamn record, so... <laughs> Even if he's not directly responsible for most of the controversial shit in that game, he does still have that game in his record. Is that the one where her clothes get the... torn up and she'd be running around naked? Not naked, um, but actually naked might even be better, because when you take enough damage, your clothes get artfully damaged to show off... Your vulnerability, which mostly means seeing a bit more thigh and a little bit more, you know, cleavage. Huh. Third Birthday is a terrible, 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 terrible game. And if you like Parasite Eve, never play Third Birthday. <laughs> I'll keep that in mind. I mean, keep in mind, Third Birthday is a game where you are, the, the first thing you do is you are dressed up in a slinky black dress and heels to go to the opera. And then you decide, well, shit's going down. Let me pull my gun out and deal with it. And you do. <laughs> In the black dress and heels. In the black dress and heels, because you're at the opera and it happens. Because it happens at the opera and you're like, well, I might as well take care of it. I'm a New York City cop. <laughs> this is the opposite of shameless promotion. It's like, oh, if you like this series, don't play this game. Oh, yeah. No, no. I, I, I'm shamelessly promoting Parasite Eve and Parasite Eve 2. But there is no game in the series beyond those. And it's a shame because, you know, a competent director might have actually been able to do something good with a third birthday. But, you know... We didn't. Crazy. That might be a good place to end it. <laughs> yeah, that, I think that is a pretty good, pretty good place to end it. Yeah, going from how crappy they they handled implementing Luna to just how utterly shit all of Third <laughs> Birthday was. Don't play Third Birthday. Final Fantasy Fifteen is good to play, even though it has faults. Never play Third <laughs> Birthday. 
Also, play Nier Automata. Oh, it damn fun. Those are my final thoughts. See, now that's shameless promotion. It is shameless promotion. Are you sure you're not being paid to promote yes. Nier Automata? Also, play Persona 5. I'm not being paid yet to put, to promote Nier Automata. No. I just really like the game. And I actually think that it does a lot of what um, 15 was trying to do a hell of a lot better. Partly by being developed by uh, Platinum and partly by having a guy who considers uh, how am I going to kill my characters and make you feel bad for them to be the way that he starts thinking about a game. Oh, so he's like the video game version of George R. Martin. <laughs> yes, but a little bit more. He's got more worth ethic. I mean, you know, George R. R. Martin's had, you know, four, five novels in the past 10, 15 years, whereas, you know, Tara Yoko's had at least seven games. Still waiting for a new book. George R. R. Martin writes other stuff, too. <laughs> <laughs> yes, while you're waiting for the next Game of Thrones book to come out, Play every game that Yoko Taro has ever developed. See, excuse me. It's a, the next... You have nearly as much. In fact, you will even have more. <laughs> See, first of all, it's a song of ice and fire. Sorry, book. can't do it. But second of all, like if you think Martin is bad, the order of Berserk is so much worse. Yeah, I, I, I yes, Berserk. That is that. Well, that that is a crapsack world. Demons are a literal everyday occurrence. But and at that point, it's just sort of like. Yeah, this is just how it is. You you go guts. No, but I mean, if the huge amount of time that has taken him into writing that. <clears throat> oh, oh yeah, no, um, boat, huh? Boat, uh, idol maker or idol master, idol master, boat, idol master. Anyways, <laughs> next topic, or are yeah. we ending the podcast? No, we're done. I, yeah, I think we're done. No, unless we're you done. have anything else you want to talk about. No. Yeah, we can do we can do a an episode Gladio like bonus cast at some right. other point left. Uh, no biggie. Just the two of us. I I need to be core first. Spoiler alert. Yeah, you absolutely <laughs> do. Alrighty. He's not hard. Just you know, you have to stop lusting after Aww. him for a minute. <laughs> I think I think that's where you failed. You 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 were just drooling too much and not actually holding that. the controller. But I I love it when he fucks me up. <laughs> Sorry, I was sorry. That was begging to be said. <laughs> and on that note, on that note, I think we are ready to end the podcast. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Adios, nos vemos. mañana. Something. Listen to my story. Is this where we do like the Vader thing and be all like something, something? Always protect the crystal. <laughs> Oh yeah. Imperials above us. I, I'm I'm Ryushikaze signing off and saying, honestly, destroy the crystals. It'll get you destroy home. Destroy the crystal. This 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 is evilist. We're we're in tactics. Come on.